Welcome back, Martini Giant fans. This is episode number 122, which is the 2001 film Amelie, directed by Jean-Pierre Jeunet. And we paired that with a film that I had never seen before, Daniel has never seen before, Eric has never seen before, and it was a suggestion by my daughter Lily, who joined us on the podcast, and it's called The Brand New Testament, and that is directed by someone named Jaco Van Dalmel, who's Belge, this is a Belgian film. It's a very, very dark, satirical look and dark look at uh, religion in general. Uh, we thought it was a very interesting pairing. Uh, we had mixed feelings about the film, uh, but it was really interesting to pair that with Amelie, which is actually a perfect pairing for these two films. Really cool stuff and really sort of a sentiment to what's going on. As you guys can see, I am currently in Sofia, or maybe you don't know that this is Sofia behind me, but I am in Sofia, Bulgaria. I have been traveling a lot, which explains why I haven't been able to do our Twitch recordings more recently. And in fact, I probably won't be able to do a Twitch recording until July 22nd. But would love to be able to have you guys on and check us out when we do that. So uh, probably, you know, just make sure and follow us, twitch.tv slash uh, martini underscore giant. Again, twitch.tv slash martini underscore giant. And of course, YouTube is a good place to watch these videos after they've been recorded on Twitch. Uh, and that is youtube.com slash at martini giant. Again, youtube.com slash at martini giant. And don't forget to subscribe to that channel. And of course, like this video if you do and leave us a comment. And let us know what you think. Uh, all right. But now, please enjoy Amelie and the brand new festival. These are two movies that were suggested by Lily. I mean, actually, the first one or the second one is going to be the brand new testament. Have you guys ever seen that movie? No, I had never even heard of that movie. Have you no. never heard? I haven't either. So, yeah, she, but it's she's, it's a good pairing with Amelie for sure. Like one of for obvious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> for obvious reasons, yeah. Uh, yeah. And she picked Amelie as the pairing. Uh, I was like, that's yeah, good. That's brilliant. It's yeah. good. So. That's a good um, so it's really cool, really cool. But Amelie, I've seen that movie a dozen, two dozen times. A lot. Yeah, that's that's what they call a French classic at this point. <laughs> Classique des Français. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Uh, it's a very sweet movie. Mm -hmm. Eric loves it. He has a poster behind him, so I don't really have to ask him if he likes Amelie or not. <laughs> no, that's his spite poster. <laughs> that's right yeah it's like god damn that thing i hate this movie <laughs> so much i'm gonna put the poster up in my that's in right my work room to remind me of the limitations of film <laughs> mm -hmm. uh but yeah okay. no, this, this is an awesome pairing thank you very much for picking it and welcome lily welcome yeah. welcome, no. welcome, <laughs> welcome welcome back so uh cup so the 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 I figure what we'll do is we'll we'll start with Amelie and then go into the brand new testament. Yeah. How's that sound? That's good here. Like now how do have are you fans of uh of the, the directors of, of Amelie? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm sort of on I've and only off seen two of the movies. Yeah. Yeah. What's the other one you've seen? Delicatessen. Delicatessen, yeah. City of Lost Children. I like that one. That have you seen City of Lost Children? Oh, no, that, that's a lie. I've seen three of them. City of Lost Children okay. was the other one. Yeah. Yeah. You also did the Aliens, right? Alien the, 4. Uh, I, yes, Alien 4 Resurrection. I live with the purists, so I've only seen the first two of, it, of the Alien movies. You have excellent taste. Was it? No. <laughs> it, it was It was Alien 4 Regret. Uh, yes. Here's your money back. 
That's a weird Alien title. 4, here's your money back. <laughs> Regret. It's Alien 4 Refund. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just call it, can I have my money back? No, why is it called that? You'll understand. You'll understand. <laughs> Wait, worry, why man. are we standing in line for this movie? Oh, man. Because <laughs> like, everyone bags on Alien 3, and I understand. It's like it's it's off-key, especially from Aliens. Right. Uh, but that's a pretty good B-movie compared to... Alien 4, which is like Joss, Joss Whedon wrote the screenplay, which is like Joss Whedon at full speed, self-referencing, uh, you know, awkward comedy, which is a bad fit with, I Alien. don't know, bleakness. <laughs> well, it was, you know, I went to uh, uh, an exhibit of uh, uh, Libius Woods, mm-hmm. and uh, they had a whole bunch of his sketches for his design of Alien Three, which they never used, they oh interesting, some, yeah. I'm gonna look that up. It right was now. it was like it, the the place was supposed to be much more not like this rugged weird prison, but it was uh, much more like a monastery kind yeah. of. Yeah, yeah. Fred, they they went the production on that thing was so so ridiculous. Uh, like Fox. Fox is bad news when it comes to making movies anyway. Like they're really hard to work with from everything I've seen. Um, but Fincher had like, he doesn't talk about alien three at all because it was such a, it was such an ugly experience that he almost quit making movies. Oh. And, uh, and before he really even started, that was his first movie. Um, and originally the, it was supposed to be a planet uh, or like a, a space station made of wood uh, and it was monks that lived on a wooden space station. And I'm just like, like also that's a, wood, by the way. Yeah. It's, it's, Cause it's, it's light pretty, and it can fly in thick, space. Yeah, so it's space fly. wind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but like, it's, it's so what do you think, Josh? Sounds? You like the idea? Where do you kind of, you probably turn in some ideas right <laughs> yeah, there. Exactly. Hey, Livius. <laughs> we and Fox really wanted to be a balsa wood ship. Yeah, and guess, we want yeah, kind yeah. of space to be like almost like we're driving through Malibu, right? <laughs> what if it takes place in the desert, sort like uh, in San Bernardino, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> and they go back in time to exactly this year. How about that? I own some property out there, and I really want Fox to rent oh, it because we can help with the taxes Bro, this year. Exactly. So if you so can push could, that, Josh, that would right. be great. <laughs> Still gonna be fifty million bucks, but I know good. Like we can rent it out. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, like by the time that uh, Junet uh, Caro, or it was just Junet on that. I think it was yeah, just he Genet split was, with Caro or whatever. Like uh, by the time he shot Alien Four, like uh, that nobody knew how to steer that ship. No one knew what to do with it. So I don't really blame him for it. I expect that it was just as hard a hard ride on uh, for him as it was for Fincher. But it is a that's an unwatchable movie. That's a much worse movie than Alien Three. Um, but a I did love Delicatessen, and so I had gone into Alien 4 thinking, this is going to be amazing. Uh, but, but didn't he do, I mean, Amelie was after Am- that? Amelie is, I yeah, believe, I may have this wrong, but yeah, Amelie is post-Alien 4 as his recovery movie. Okay. And uh, and he definitely, like, like you, that's why he essentially reaches back into his own childhood for, you know, yeah. lots of imagery and all this kind of stuff. And he's just trying to reinvent his love for film because fox had utterly destroyed his destroyed will to live him. yeah well yeah. they they do that they did the like what's his name when he did godzilla oh yeah 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 like uh, uh, garrett edwards garrett yeah, yeah. Garrett, garrett edwards. they just I, just destroyed him <laughs> yeah like, did that he poor dude after is, that no he yeah, did like, recover after he did pretty well didn't he do he did uh he did uh uh 
He, he did Rogue One, which, is, which Rogue was One, which also is a, messed with by the studio when six But it's redirected. better. It's, it's, a, it's the, a good movie. It's, it's one of the better movie. Star Wars movies. Right. But like he's he has learned. I don't think that we've actually seen a movie from him outside of his first one that represents him himself, like as a director since since Monsters. And which Monsters is a pretty good movie. I um, like Monsters. But he has agreed to play the studio game and he is like he's just like, I'll do Star Wars and create this whole new vibe. And they're like, let's see what you got. And they're like, We hate this. And so we're gonna get Tony Gilroy and to remake your movie for you. And he's like, That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like, thanks guys. I'm just like that poor dude. Like I'm, I mean I don't know if his movie was any good, but uh he has been through the ringer on What's the studio he, experience. There's a movie he did is coming out soon. Yes, he's got a movie with um um uh uh, John David Washington uh, coming out, uh, which looks uh, looks sort of in between an extremely indie sci-fi movie and a way, way over-budgeted TV miniseries. But it might be good. Is it the one about the uh, AI? and the- Yes. Yes. Yeah. That one but looks... I'll, I'll see that. I'll see it. I'm like, I think it's on the... Like, it looks interesting. I love, I love Washington. I think he's terrific. And uh, like the imagery is... It looks kind of like if it's if it's bad, it's going to be like a concept art movie where you see like, oh, that's a cool image and that's a cool image and there's no story that connects them. But if it's good, it's going to be very fresh. Okay. So I'm I'm waiting to see how that plays out. I, I like him as a director. I respect what he's trying to do, but I feel bad that he's been so hammered by the. It's like that is, he's he's like a he's like one of those uh, those laundry balls you know, that you throw in the washer. Like that's that's been his studio experience <laughs> like he, like everybody i mean i suppose that everybody who directs marvel movies goes through the same thing but at least they don't even try to pretend like you're gonna have a voice in it like marvel gets chloe zhao who directed one of the best uh dramas i've ever seen with the writer and just like cool you're gonna do elementals and it's gonna cost the a eternals, zillion dollars eternals. the eternals i'm sorry the eternals it's gonna cost a zillion dollars and we're gonna put your name on it and you don't even have to show up. <laughs> I'm like, uh, don't take that deal. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a bad deal. Yeah, mm. yeah, for sure. So All right, yeah, I think I think he, this is uh, for Amelie. This this is a great rebirth movie. Yeah, uh, but he hasn't really ways. done much since then, has he? He's done a couple of things. He did uh, very long engagement, right? Um, uh, which is pretty good. You know, he it's now and again. I just don't think he has the enthusiasm that he once did. Yeah. All right. So, Amelie, Lily, the deal is we go through and we spoil the whole thing, as you know, and you are going to be the storyteller narrator. So what happens at the beginning of Amelie? <laughs> it's really – I forgot what you said exactly before, uh, but it's very um, – it delves deep into the whole childhood thing <laughs> and just in general how uh, – Mm, not her not her problems but her quirks like how that all kind of started was because of how she was raised right it's that kind of idea it it pretty much starts narrating her childhood how her father only really ever made contact with her when he was giving her a physical and hence she has heart he thinks she has heart issues because <laughs> he she has gets heart exci- issues, really <laughs> she, he thinks she has heart issues because right. she gets like her heart beats faster whenever she has physical contact. Right. But if he only ha- if he had contact with her more than like once a year, then that wouldn't be a problem. Right. Right. It's a whole thing of like situations clashing. 
Um, and, and he's, not, he's not a, super he's not a bad too. guy. Right? Her mom is super paranoid. Super right. neurotic. Oh, right. right. I don't know anyone like that. Yeah, I don't. I never. Like, grew they, up they're not that. like they're not villainous parents. It's not like you know. It, it's not like uh, the evil. The evil parents made her a certain way, but like they got their own problems. They try she, their best, but they've yeah. got their own things going yeah. on. Which exactly. who doesn't? Yeah, exactly. It just gets passed down to her in this new way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God! And then it's kind of nah. But we learn about her quirks, right? Like you were saying, she's yeah. got all those little quirks and all the just, things that she loves to do, right? So she likes to uh, – and you, they also do the, the, this, this great thing where they talk about all the things that they love and all the things that they don't love, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it gets very specific and I love that because it's <laughs> – But that yeah. type of storytelling where it's just these little visual details and uh, little things about their personality and the world is very hyper – Real, you know, I think somebody I wear it somewhere. Like, if you look, like all the telephone poles and wires are taken out. Oh, interesting. They cleaned up Paris. I didn't realize yeah. this. Yeah. yeah, so it's like literally, there are no, you can't see on these vistas or the shots. Like, all that kind of stuff is gone. Highly romanticized. Yeah. Yes. And also, this was at the, the, when, Hollywood suddenly said, "We have DI, and we're just going to give blasted, you all yeah. the colors." It's, yeah, it's it's like, you know, it's it's like also, uh, paint your wagon, or not paint your wagon. It's like uh, what's it? Seven brides for seven brothers, where you're like, "Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm being attacked." So much color coming at me. <laughs> right. The other interesting thing is that when I saw it, I I've seen it so many times, but I was like, I forgot. That it was before 9-11 because there's a whole different type of storytelling after 9-11. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's this – just the way the characters were and saw the world, even though it's a very romanticized thing, it just was like – I don't know if – you know, 2000 and then a year later we had – two. you know. Yeah, it's – I know it's it's an understatement, (laughs) but like really looking – like looking on where film went just globally, but – yeah, just everywhere from indie to big budget stuff after 9 11 it's a it's it's a it's a bleak ride <laughs> like only oh, is like the last big sweet hurrah that you get Bolton brown made a point about that but less with film and more with like tv about how after 9 11 everyone turned to the food network because they wanted comfort and home mm-hmm. and not yeah. severe <laughs> yeah 100 percent. i i 100 did that my god <laughs> It's like yeah. every you know, all all the Anthony Bourdain I could consume, like more <laughs> more taco truck expose, you know anything anything you can do. I'm I'm gonna focus on that for a while. Yeah, no, it's very true. But yeah, no, it's it's a great point, Eric. Where it's like the the sweetness of this movie, and the thing is, it's not like how can I say, like it is romanticized, and it is very it's a very it's a very sweet movie. But like they still in, include you know harsh things and gritty things and like it's a much more like it's a much more sexually explicit movie than you would expect for something that you say is sweet and it's like all sorts of stuff that like is very uh, well like it, it keeps it keeps it keeps a groundedness the french to it. have no problems with, problem with that. i was about yeah. to say <laughs> that's true that's true but the reason like, it was like what well, the sex is good isn't yeah absolutely you know? <laughs> i mean obviously yeah and, and i'm in agreement with this but it's like the <laughs> i think that it's uh, even even then it's like it's not like it's not simply 
fun. Like it's all like there's, it's all attached to real emotional difficulties and real emotional stuff. Like she can't, you know, she has trouble. She's extremely shy because she's lived basically indoors her whole life. And oh, she's been sheltered, sheltered and thing, all this right? kind of stuff. And so like it, it doesn't back away from the fact that like she's messed up and most everybody in the movie is messed up in some way. It's not like a, a fairy tale version of Paris where everything is wonderful. It's like it is all wonderful and beautiful, but every everyone's very guarded at the same time. Everyone has their quirks, right? Everyone's and so they quirks, introduce yeah. and their those problems yeah. and their pro- yes, quirks, right? And all the stuff. Yeah, they're all they all still exist, right? And I, but I love the like the like you know how the mother likes to clean out her purse and rearrange everything and put anything mm-hmm. back, and then the father likes to take out his toolbox, clean everything else, and put everything back. And I was like, I get that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I do too. <laughs> yeah, totally. I do that with my fly it's, box all the time. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a cle- it's a cleansing thing. It's a cleansing thing. <laughs> That's right. It reorganizes the brain. <laughs> I also like the – he loves to, to peel large sheets of, uh, of wallpaper. wallpaper. Yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of like <laughs> this to Yeah, this yes. aura of like, oh, yeah. satisfaction yeah. as he was doing That's that. That's pretty funny. That's pretty good stuff. So, but they have the cute things, you know, the, she likes to put the raspberries on her fingers and she likes to skip rocks in the canal, you know? So, well, yeah. And like, I, you get the feeling that like the movie is, uh, the movie is siding with her, but she is the source of joy in the movie. Like she is constantly trying to, I agree with people you. and like, she is to like, she, she wants so desperately to connect that she makes that her sort of job with everybody else as well. She right. wants to create a world where she sees examples of what she wants to do. She also uh, has like a really strong sense of justice because the mm-hmm. one person who she actively tried to harm or harm was the grocer. Right. Exactly. exactly. I, that, that was probably that's one not of my justice. Favorites. That's revenge. That's, well, yes, exactly. But yes, like a, a, a sense of, a sense of, of a righteous balance right. <laughs> is the way to look at it. <laughs> But yeah, I think that's I, I like, it. and that's one of those things. It's like if this were simply a, a a regular sweet twee, you know, light experience, it wouldn't have any of that stuff. It would just sort of glaze over. The interesting thing about that too, it's like I felt like everybody in the movie, with the exception of Matthew Cuthwitz and her, mm-hmm. they will never escape. Yeah, they're like in their own little loops. Yeah, right? and frustrated or not and she is kind of outside of that but not like oh she's going to become a famous dancer and you know like like a she's a from the, <laughs> yeah, you know exactly. it's not like a donna summer song you know it's just there's yeah. then she became an different. astronaut now <laughs> yeah and there's but they can't escape right some have accepted it some won't some it eats them alive right but uh or they become mean people right, right? Uh, and and hurt that boy at the at the fruit stand. Right. So, but she's, I guess, Lily was a great choice because she's playing God in a way, in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I mentioned when right? uh, Dad asked uh, what movie that Brandy Tessman could go with. I was like, Oh, Emily, because she's kind of playing God. <laughs> yeah, that's smart. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's a yeah. great connection. Yeah, it's really interesting. Uh, but. Um, we as we we introduced to you know not, okay her parents and there's how she is and how she's she is uh, where she is and we just find out that she's a uh, working in a uh, 
uh, a co- like coffee shop, but the yeah. Little, I mean, she must make a lot of tips because her apartment cafe. is so nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, considering she works at the, <laughs> it's like friends. <laughs> How can they afford yes, this apartment so. <laughs> in New York? Exactly. Just work at a coffee shop. Um, right. So, but she's um, she's generally uh, uh, you know, finally she works at the coffee shop, and we meet all the regulars of the coffee shop. But it's a big part of it, right? So there are there's the guy owner from of City the of Lost Children. <laughs> yes, the guy from oh, City God, of Lost the guy with the the guy with the quarters, so creepy. <laughs> With the quarters, with the with the recorder. Oh yes. right, right, right. Yeah, but he's a famous. Yeah, in France, he's famous. He's he famous. He was really good in the other stuff I saw him, and he was good in this too. He was good in this too. But I was like, he's the <laughs> I don't like yeah. him. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> was he in the Last Samurai as well with Tom Cruise? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Not entirely sure. Uh, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> yeah. Not Mean uh, Streets. Not mean, not in Mean Streets. No, no. no. Guy with the quarter. (laughs) That's such a mark of a good actor, though, to make someone hate you. It's it's actually a problem for character actors because, like, people really hate them if they do their job well, and then they treat them badly (laughs) in the street when they see them. Yeah, I mean, like the there's a famous bit from Aliens where Paul Reiser, the guy who plays the corporate villain in that one, like he couldn't get work because people hated him. Just like they just assumed he was an asshole like this. <laughs> and they're just like, yeah, oh yeah, thanks a lot. You almost killed Ripley. <laughs> that was a movie. I was acting. It's a movie, guys. <laughs> In one of the shows that we did, someone came up to my my friend who was a who was one of the villains in the story and they went you know you really made me hate you and that is one of the <laughs> right. best compliments good, you can man. receive yeah, you're nailing it yeah that's spectacular yeah it's like like yeah you like hear stories of people that like have only seen their old people blood and are terrified of daniel day lewis i'm just like you know he's like sweet shoe cobbler guy <laughs> <laughs> he only does that when you give him money to do that stuff <laughs> but it's weird when you meet when you meet actors and and, uh, you know, you see them in real life and you just, you have this vision, you know, like I was at a coffee shop in Beverly Hills and I looked down and I was putting, you know, I look up and it was, uh, a John Malkovich was there and I was like, I just had this expectation of Malkovich, you know, yeah, <laughs> just right. like of all the weird things that he's done. And <laughs> it's like, he's a strange a, character. He's like, he's just going to copy like everyone in, else. In sync with his the characters he plays <laughs> I think, like he's yeah i think he's he's probably basically himself slightly good or slightly bad but i bet i bet if i met him i'd be like yeah this is as weird as i expected it to be <laughs> did you see that clip of bill Hader imitating john malkovich to john malkovich? To his face. <laughs> yes <laughs> you talk I, exactly like this i do I not talk, talk like exactly. this yes you talk exactly <laughs> like this oh, man. yeah this is how you sound. <laughs> Man, my crush on Hater knows no bounds right now. Yeah. It's a boundless thing. It's ridiculous. He's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, he is really, really something. And uh, I, I feel I feel like I expect uh, a something as important as Amelie was from Hater uh, when he finally makes like a movie movie. Uh, Did you see Skeleton Twins? I liked Skeleton Twins quite a bit. He didn't direct that, though, did he? No. Sure. But it was yeah. him and what's her name? Uh, Kristen Wiig. Kristen Wiig. 
Yeah, Skeleton that's a that's twins? a yeah, it's a pretty good little movie. It's a good little indie film. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they play what brother and sister and brother and some, sister yeah. and they highly troubled past. Yeah, so, sort of a boilerplate indie drama, but they're really really good. They're really really good in it. That's good. Um, huh. Yeah, po- post Barry, I'm I'm really excited about that guy. Post Barry. Post Barry. Barry's done. I haven't Barry seen season done. four yet. Yeah, okay, season four is 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 a very different season. It is. It's a very different season. Cheers. Well, season three was very different from two. <laughs> it is Karen started stuff. watching season yeah. three with me again, and she's yeah. like, I don't like this. He's not yeah. nice. Is, season, <laughs> season four does that again. <laughs> yeah, it's really something to say. But that dude, yeah. I mean, anybody who can do, a, uh, not only do a perfect impression of Alan Alda, but would think of doing a perfect impression of Alan yeah, like Alda. of all the people. But he also all does, the people you could do. He he, he also loves the, the to do the guy from Dateline. Like he, yes, oh, he it's does. great. He's great. <laughs> it's all he's it's like. I think he does a show with him. Oh, does yeah. he? There's a there's a thing online that you can see him. He actually goes to the guy doing that, and he impress, impersonates him in front of him. Well, I love when he does that. Like the, the, the gif of him eating popcorn. Like then he does the uh, like. <laughs> when he's doing the with what is the um, uh, the crime solving show uh, whatever it is and oh it. oh yeah. <laughs> he's just like tell me more about how your mother was killed he pulls his popcorn <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> anyway that's the Bill Hader experience for the show we don't have to do any more of that we, yeah we <laughs> do have a we do have a love for, we should just have a picture of Bill Hader just come up behind yeah. us every yeah. time we bring Let's him up start wearing a shirt. That's all right. That's all all right. right. So let's see. Where were we, Lily? So uh, we've established that she works at a coffee shop. There's quirky people. Work. Who are the quirky people that work at the coffee shop? Uh, there's the cigarette counter girl. I don't remember any of their names. No. There's the uh, cigarette the... counter girl. Right. Who is not very stable. <laughs> I would and say. Constantly <laughs> yes. And constantly sick. And constantly sick. hypochondriac. Yeah. She's a hypochondriac. <laughs> yeah. There's oh god, there's her boss. Who owns the cafe? Yeah, like like the owner of the cafe. She's not. I wouldn't call her that out there. No, she just yeah, she's, she's pretty normal. normal. She's, she's pretty, pretty normal. normal. Yeah. Then there's the guy with the the recorder that I hate. The tape recorder <laughs> creepo. Yeah. Who? Oh right, the ex girlfriend. Who the other waitress working there is. The guy with the tape recorder, his ex-girlfriend, he is only a regular there to stalk her and see the dudes that make she's talking to. Weird little notes yeah. about what she's doing. <laughs> I think one of them was like she laughed orgasmically, and then that was the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, that's so creepy. <laughs> and that that dude, that, that character actor, is such like a classic face. Like you, when you see him, you're like, oh, it's that guy. Yeah. It's like he has, like he has this weird like his face is sort of like squished Nose. up at the bottom. He has this very like you know and it, he's, he's made a million dollars on this. Face. So I don't mean like, yeah exactly like I don't mean to be critical of him. He's made a million dollars with this face. So like he's he's got it's like he's the Steve Buscemi of France, you know. And you're just like that's a good look. <laughs> and so when you see him, he's like he kind of like is this. actually. Yeah, that's yeah. a very good point. Like using this unique aspect of his uh, of his uh, of his face uh, to define characters very quickly. Because when he plays nice guys, you're like, oh, it's the weird looking nice guy. And when he plays creeps, you're like, oh, that's a weird looking creep. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is, it's weird looking. <laughs> weird looking. It sticks in your brain. It's good. And you remember in in City of Lost Children, he was he was playing the the clones of himself. Mm-hmm. Remember? He was like that he was like perfect. five people. It was the same person and five different people at the same time. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, yeah. he's a great actor. Very, very good actor. Actually, the whole plot of Amelie starts because Lady <laughs> Princess Diana died. Yes, that's, that's kinda, right. That's kind of mm. why the whole thing was set in motion, right. which is weird to think about, like a, a butterfly effect. Yeah, because they, and it and it fits into the sort of like there's the the because sh- that symbolizes a sort of shattered romantic view of the world, like when Diana died, right? And she's what she's she has like a like perfume bottle or whatever it is in her hand. She like drop she, she like drops something out of the initial yeah. shock, and right. then it rolls over and it knocks a floorboard loose. No, mm-hmm. it was it knocks something loose. Yeah, and she opens it and she finds a little box of toys from someone who had lived there in the past. Right. It was, she uh, made it her goal to to find it. She always she goes through elaborate. That's the thing about it. She goes through elaborate things to do things right. Like yes, and she never wants to just like be straightforward and like, hey, you want to go on a date or hey, I found your box. That's of the fun in that though. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, well, that, exactly. That's the point. Here's right? your photos. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> but it was more like a what? What do you what do you call those things? A time capsule, right? Right. It's like right. a little time capsule. Yeah. Like she's, yeah, like, I mean, it's like, um, you know, uh, anyone remembers the books, uh, Griffin and Sabine, that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Like it's more of like, it's, it's not the goal. The goal is not to like go give the dude his photos back or whatever his time capsule back. Like the goal is to intricately understand someone else's experience and how it's connected to the world and connected to you. Which is basically the movie. Like, what's it like with the experience of the box and the experience of the photo album, the uh, strip photos and all that stuff? Like, it's just restatements of what Junet is doing with the movie itself. You know, like, here are these, this is a time capsule of my perception of Paris. And you are going through it as a way to understand, you know, me and how everything in it is connected. And so, like, she is a projection of the director finding a little finding these little things that are little Amelie boxes that you sort of unfold and you find out about somebody's life, just like we're doing with the movie. And so like that dude that she, that like, she tries to figure out like who this box belongs to by talking to her neighbors. And that introduces us to her neighbors. One of which is the like God's wife in the, in the next movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, Oh, she was the concierge. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, yeah. like, and so, like, you know, like the journey of it, of exploring what's inside the box or later on what's inside the photo album or whatever it is, like, is the journey of the movie set, made small. Right. It leads but, her to, it leads her to learn about the, the concierge's, um, life with her husband before he cheated on her or whatever. And then it leads her to he, learn he about the, yeah, and it's like, and it, yeah, devastated her life, right? Well, he and, cheated on her, and then he disappeared. And then he disappeared, and it's like, and shit, this is like, what, thirty years ago, whatever it was, like it's a long time ago, and it's wrecked her whole life. Like she can't stop yeah. thinking about it, and so it opens up in a whole other story, you know? Right. But the that, thing is, what you're introduced to is you're introduced to all these stories, good or bad, right? Mm-hmm. Like you know, the grocer is not necessarily a good person, and then the, she's a very sad and depressed person and has a very sad story, and then the man of glass mm-hmm. is a whole other story. But for I like each, him. Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> but e- but each one of these, she sets in motion some intricate, you know, Rube Goldberg thing, yes, to solve. Mm-hmm the problem that they have, right? Or right. to make their lives a little bit better, right? She wants to make everyone's lives a little bit better. 
And, and the, well, and the mechanism is because she's shy, she doesn't want to directly do any of this. Right. Right. And so she comes up with these Rupert Goldberg ideas because like it gets her around immediate confrontation. Right. You know? And so she has to sort of scoot her way towards an event. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and then that creates little memories of its own for the entire movie. And uh, so like it reminded, it reminded me of another movie from the nineties, like just a few years before that, uh, run Lola run. Yeah. And, uh, Lola rent to our German friends, uh, German friends. Yeah. Uh, where it's like you get like Lola was would bump into a person and then you see like the how time, their lives have changed their yeah. entire life deviate in a in a thousand photographs in a second and you're just like right. and you're like whoa just because she did this their entire universe has changed even though it's just the briefest interaction and so you get that um, like like Amelie is purposefully doing this. Um, uh, but you get it both ways, both both in the way that she changes things, and also in how the story of her life is told, especially in the beginning with the narration. It's like, and then she grew up here, and then dad was like this, and, like, and sort of narrates through all that stuff. And then you get the same little bits about like the guy whose photographs those are, and all that stuff. So it's like, yeah, it feels very um, Russian dolly in that way, right? So, as Lily said, she finds this, uh, she, Lady Die dies, which leads her to have a shock to drop a perfume bottle that opens up a floorboard that opens up a, a, a time capsule of a kid from probably 30 years ago, right? I think we said it was like the 50s was right. the 50s. Their, their guess of when. I was going to say, that actually happened to my sister. No kidding, really? Yeah. That's crazy. In 1985. It wasn't a box. It was, uh, she was working at, uh, for a famous architect in the town I grew up in Connecticut and they were actually working on Bill Murray's house, if you can believe that. <laughs> and wild. she went to the bathroom, washed her hands and she, it was an old building. So all the fixtures, everything, you know, was with a tile. It was all from the thirties or twenties and it was on the second floor and, she saw something glimmer, so she got another girl, and they got a flashlight, and they looked in, and it was a it was a diamond ring, and on the diamond ring was initials. It was a wedding ring for this woman, an engagement ring, and it fell down the sink. They lived there in an apartment, so they actually took a couple months to find this woman. Oh, that's and, wild! And they gave it back to her. Her husband had passed like a year or two prior. But that was the wedding. That was the engagement ring. Oh, that's wild, man. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? But they didn't keep it. They literally brought it back to her and she was still alive. And she was like, oh my God, it was like 1958. And yeah. it fell and she felt so guilty and she didn't know where she lost it. Right. Right. She was like, I thought I felt down the kitchen sink or I, I couldn't find it. And it was the, it was the bathroom sink and she found it. Oh, that's beautiful. That's really neat. It's wild, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's really nifty. And uh, and I like how like I like as uh, Lily, you're you're bringing up. It's like this is like you know it's the 1950s. Like the difference between these things is shown in the like the the time jump and the comparison between these two uh, time times of Paris is really interesting, especially in that like when they show stuff in black and white and like it gets to like the with the kid, like when he's remember like the marbles bit and all that stuff, right? Like right. that's all 
very, very French new wave in terms of its <laughs> filmmaking. Right. And, uh, and we've covered French new wave stuff here. And I know that, uh, we are all fans of French new wave. Uh, and this, and this movie itself is like, like it's way more like French new wave is very, um, freeform uh, and non-planned. Yes. Uh, and this is extremely like, obviously like heavily worked on all the, the production is very intense with this. But it's but he, they're really trying to reach new wave is also not very approachable sometimes. And yeah, it's very, very approachable. Right. Yeah, and this is the, this is like the opposite end of that experience. Sure. And so like even even the movie has a dialogue with the the journey of French film because like it's trying to maintain the energy or have like grab that energy again of the French new wave, um, but repackage it in a very a uh, stylized, very manufactured Hollywoodish way, like highly right. produced, lots of camera movement, uh, dollies, and you know production and all this kind of stuff. And so, it, in one way, it's the opposite of the French New Wave, but at the same time, it's that has the same like it awakens this the same enthusiasm. And that's the effect that it had on the French film industry from coming out. From Amelie's effect on on film was huge, you know, in the same way that uh, French New Wave stuff was. But it's it was all it's awesome that he juxtaposes that within the same film by going like okay now his memories are French New Wave memories and you're like right. whoa that's and now you see like how different it is and how similar it is at the same time right we should also note that there's a narrator that tells you exactly what's going on the whole time yes. it's very 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 detailed <laughs> like every nuance yeah. of poetry that you might have missed visually he sure makes sure to point it out to you <laughs> it's a very dry voice too which is yes. interesting yeah i've always liked that like dry narration i'm i'm in agreement with you or like yeah. especially like the quick dry narration yeah when it's all just it started listing a bunch of facts here's a bunch of things <laughs> that happened you know and like you're going wait wait wait, wait. that's really big yeah now we, we one thing we always talk about here is um uh, I don't know if you've seen it, Lily, but there's this uh, Western with Brad Pitt called The Assassination of Jesse James by the crowd, mm -hmm. Robert Ford. And it's one of the best movies literally ever made. <laughs> it's <laughs> unbelievably good. Um, but it also has, like, the driest narration you've ever heard. Like, no matter what the fuck they're talking about. Is it about, Sam like, Shepard? Who did the narration? The narration is the editor. They were oh. just They recorded a temp track just to pace out the movie. And the editor's like, well, I'll just do the narration myself and then we'll hire a famous voice later and then the director's like we've hired we tried some, and all these other actors and not, nobody is better is better than the editors and so like and it's because the editor was just doing it as he didn't, he didn't even fuck at all he was just like and here we are recording uh jesse james <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, and, and so like the whole movie sounds like that even though there's no emotion in his voice whatsoever right. that's what holds the movie together beautifully and the same thing happens in this it's really really simple yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, sets in motion the things that set in motion. She's finding this time box. She wants to figure out who this person is. So she asks people who live in the apartment, which introduces us to all the neighbors. The one person we meet is the concierge whose husband left her, but she still cherishes him. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> right? So she has a shrine to him. <laughs> Under glass, which she wipes clean every day. Right. You She's know? romanticized this cad. Right. right. Like the guy was obviously, you know. Left her. Yeah, he's a scumbag. <laughs> she, also, like, she also holds like resentment and doesn't have that closure of like, 
Oh, for sure. He, yeah. he left me, then disappeared. Like that. That's all she gets. Right. Right. <laughs> but, but they like, all it, seem to be like that at the cafe. There's this, like, the fail, a simmering of just accepting their fate. A, a sense of longing is very yeah. like shit. Like Amelie is longing. Everybody is like pining for some other thing. And yeah, the uh, the the uh, the concierge story is like, <laughs> like. This like if you just read that on a piece of paper, you'd be like, "God, the guy sounds like kind of a dick," and that'd be the end of it. But it's dominated her life because, as you're saying, well, it's like because she has no closer closure, it becomes a bigger and bigger and more dominant story in her life. Like she's unable to move beyond this thing, and so is closure very important to all you guys? Yes, sort of. What, 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 what do you mean by that, Eric? What's your question? Well, closure, like closure, like in relationships, you just mentioned closure, like you need to have some sort of definition to it or uh, uh, something that way you can get on with your life or at least understand it in a way because you have trouble understanding what just happened. What, what, what do you, what do you guys, what do you guys mean? (laughs) Billy is agreeing with you. Yeah. Very heavily. Yes. As an example of closure. That's the thing. So am I. And guess what? I'm not getting all cuckoo here, but you are born on July 1st. (laughs) That's right. It's a cancer thing. It's a cancer thing. I'm born on July 1st. So we're both July 1sters. Closure is important. (laughs) So does closure have to be something like that you do external to yourself with uh, involving other people? Yeah. Well, it, I did it once. It sounds crazy, but uh, before I, uh, well, it's personal stuff, but I, before I uh, asked my wife to marry me, I had to go, I flew back to New York and I met somebody I knew and we spent four or five hours walking around the West Village and, and then we just total closure and then she got on a train right at Sheridan Square and I never saw her again. I went, right. flew back to LA and proposed. Right on. You just had to have that closure. You could. I did. That's why I feel like that is another great short. I wrote it as a, a, a film, but yes, that's basically it. And I needed it. And then I was like, okay, there we go. That was, that was, that was the, uh, the plot of, uh, 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 high fidelity. Yeah, that's yeah, right. in an erotic way, yeah. yeah. Right. But that's literally what I did. And um, like, whatever happened to us? I knew you were coming here for closure. <laughs> I yeah, knew you well, were coming some here. Some for- people need it, and you know, and it wasn't like I was argumentative or anything. I just, you know, I knew I'd never see her again, and that's fine. But I just needed to say, God, I was thinking this and that, and I just, I want to get on with my life. Right. So just. Let's meet. And we did. And it was just wonderful. Her arm was in mine. We just walked around. I think, coffee. I, mean, I definitely think that there is. Yeah. I, 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 I agree with what you're, I agree with what you're saying. I'm trying, like, I'm wondering, like, cause like I hear about it two different, like, like I, I hear about it in two different ways. Right. And sometimes it sounds, uh, like setting up something that you can't control, which I'm against. No, you accept – You look, I, I literally down Sheridan Square in the train to subway. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'll never see her again. See you later. Right. That's that. 
God bless. Makes sense. And okay. I said, that makes sense. Yeah. And there was no tears or rrr, rrr, rrr. Right. it's like, okay. Call it a day. Ah, right. There we go. Now yeah. I can get on. Right. I literally went to Kennedy and flew back. Because like for no joke. In in the in the movie, like I feel very bad for the uh um, concierge. The concierge. Um, I know. And like this is something and what Amelie does to try and solve it is very interesting. Right. Right. Um, because what it, what has happened for her is that what has happened for the concierge is that she's turned her life into a story and she is, she, and she's a romantic, she's a romantic. And this is the, to me, like the bad kind of romance. Yeah. Like I'm like, I believe, I believe in romanticism, but I don't believe in, I believe in like romanticism like you know the painting of the guy staring off across the mist you know the the 1800s friedrich like, yeah casper, casper david, david friedrich. friedrich right and um like where you're just like there is something innately that's how i picked that up really fast chris that's called art history background. this is yeah uh, <laughs> like cultural literacy I uh, did in action <laughs> um but that uh uh that i like i believe in a a a, a natural endemic spirituality to the to existence itself right uh as does the movie Am- amelie i believe um uh but at the same time i think that getting trapped in a romantic story as the concierge does can ruin your life and uh because you're actually yes. you're giving up control of your life to something that but there are different yeah and and Strange but true, uh, I won't say names or anything, but I actually know somebody who, for 40, 50 years, but proposed to his girlfriend. She said yes. Next day, she flew to Paris, and it was flight 800. Oh, God, yeah. Man. And there has never been a closure in his life. It's just, it's still, you know... uh, yeah, you can't be with anybody else. Well, because th- like this, that's like right. Because like this stuff sounds. I'm mean, sorry, we're getting so. Uh, well, th- it's, it's, all... a, it's an affecting movie. And I think it's appropriate to talk about this stuff. Um, so like talking I about like... plane crashes and broken. Well, no, dude, yeah. it's... <laughs> these things happen in these movies. <laughs> and by the way, he is a pilot for TWA, mm-hmm. and he was he was supposed to be the pilot of the plane. Oh golly! The last minute. He was swapped out with somebody else, so he took a flight to Geneva or somewhere else. Right. And so that regret is like, I just wish I was on that plane so I wouldn't feel this way. Right. And by the way, Andy Warhol's um, died in 87, but his longtime boyfriend and lover was on that plane. Oh, that's, yeah. yeah, man, man. And that, and, cause that, uh, that, was, that was Boston to New York, right? No, it was New York to Paris. To Paris. New York to Paris. Okay. Nineteen. I remember the call. I was in Brentwood. I was yeah. like, "You." I mean, it was a plane crash, right? It was shut down. Shut down. Right. He's been involved in a lot of things. There was a test in Mexico. He was involved in that where they. It, it's a. There's a lot of going on, but there was military exercises, naval exercises, in the Atlantic. Right. And the residue on the air compartment area that blew up is like exocet missile type, you know, residue. 
I mean, someone could have been carrying Exocet missile residue in their suitcase. No, it was but probably it, it not. was it was naval exercises, <laughs> and right. uh, it was. Are you sure you, know, you want to bring that Exocet suitcase? Well, it's the type of you know the plastic <laughs> explosive they use right. in the missiles. It's a very right. distinct compound, yep. but you know, like re- and the residue. It's because there's, I guess there's rare earths and combinations of right. of 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 things that you just don't see normally. Yeah, and no, so it's, a, it's pretty specific and he- and heavily guarded. <laughs> get got that. But it's um. But yeah, I'm not to get too dreary. But he's a wonderful, wonderful human being, and. Right. And uh, it's just this closure thing. And for somebody who's very sensitive to closure, mm-hmm. it's it's painful to see. Yeah, no, for sure. Because what I was going to say is like, it, like this stuff comes very close to uh, in the neighborhood of forgiveness, right? Like, and uh, like the puzzle of forgiveness is that you need to be able to forgive people who have died, which means that you can require nothing of them if you are to succeed in forgiving them. And most people think of forgiveness today as a codependency in which the other person involved must make amends. And that's not really what forgiveness is. Like forgiveness is letting go of something in yourself. That's it. That's right. Can you get the mic closer to you? You bet. And so like closure is as a concept, like the way you're describing it, where it's just like where you retain control over it. And you're like, I am letting go of this. Like, that is a powerful and good thing to do to me. I was also letting go of any anger yes. or That's misconception. Yeah. Right. And and by just doing that, literally, we sat on the stoops of, we, we lived together in the village, West Village. And it was like, just walked around, sat on the stoops. It was summer, you know, got nice coffee at Olives, walked around right. and just talked about life. And yeah. you're, you're letting go of all the... And it was so wonderful. And as a human being, I was like, I love you as a human being. And I wish you all the love and everything. And I I know I'll never see you again. And got in Sharon Square and left. But I felt so like, um, not angry as Mm -hmm. a human being. And you can't control things. And life is, I've often said, and you guys, Chris always laughs at me. Just so you know. Get ready to laugh, Chris. um, But... (laughs) Like it sounds so naturey, but like um, I nature-y? see life is is like uh, it means like crystals and unicorns. Eh? Yeah, ahead. that kind of crap. But it's just <laughs> like I see it as like embers, and sometimes embers from fires hit each other and they bounce sure. and then they fizzle out. That's life, and you right. just have to kind of be like, I well, okay, we're gonna hit. This is bounce, what happens, right? And just keep going until I pass away and not exist. Right. And that's kind of how the more you accept it. I think. The more present you can be in the moment to experience. Well, there's a quote in the in the next film that mm-hmm. I think is wonderful when they keep talking about going to paradise. Uh, paradise, and he goes, mm-hmm. "Oh yeah, this is paradise. This, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. This there's is nothing it. after this. I don't know what, what you're hoping what for. What are you hoping? This, we <laughs> yeah, made exactly. this for you. <laughs> so, like, the, yeah, I wasn't so trying to get goop, no, not at all. I'm totally sorry, with you. And it's and like this, point. but this is very true because, like, to connect it back to the movie, it's like this is the this is the problem that the concierge has is like she has placed the ability to heal outside of herself. Right. That's right. right. And so, so Amelie her, has to find a solution to give her closure. Yes. Please right. continue with that. I don't mean to, I didn't mean Sorry, to, we went on quite tangent, so long on it, but, it but I think nice it's a really tangent. important It was a beautiful tangent, nice tangent and I didn't tangent. stop yeah. any of it, Eric. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I think it's I great. Didn't. I didn't. 
Movies are about emotions. Little, That's yes, the whole and this idea. one's got a whole lot of them. <laughs> this, this one makes sure it's it's a you know t-shirt cannon of emotions coming at you. Fuck off! <laughs> oh, can I pause? I really, by the way, I, I really. I just want to show. I, speaking of t-shirts, I just want to show this off, Franco. If you're watching, I got your t-shirt. Can anyone tell uh, me what uh, that's uh, from? Uh, I can't. This not. It is getting called out. Okay. Put it in front of your your, your okay. chest and. and yeah, I got No, in front of your chest, like you're wearing it. Like hold it up to the. There you go. Nope. Nope. You're you're just gone. That's all right. So what that is is a t-shirt from the opening of Peter Weir's Master and Commander. Uh, A a friend of mine made a t-shirt, and I wanted to say, I'll put that on the show. It's so fucking awesome. And I can't because I get cut out by Zoom. (laughs) But I tried. Any case, there we go. That's my product placement for my buddy. I just want to say that's great. Master and Commander. Okay, Master and Commander T-shirt. Saw I told. I think I told you I saw that at uh, at the uh, at the uh, Cinerama Dome. Oh, that's a good. Place I knew to see a that guy movie. who worked on that. Oh wow! And, and he did all the 3D for it, and it was all the right ships in, and stuff. Yeah, it was in Santa Monica, and the big problem was all the. Um, the chatter for the CG lines of the ropes and stuff from a yeah. distance. Oh, oh a, the aliasing. Oh, yeah. it was a nightmare. I can't imagine. Yeah. Great trying to though. render that so it doesn't, all those little hooks and lines that go up yeah. don't That's chatter. Insane. And they just yeah. constantly you can do that with ray tracing now. It's much easier. But yeah. for that time period, <laughs> it was a, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's everything is for now. I yes. think mental ray they were using. <laughs> were they using mental ray? Something like that. It, it was, they were using. Render man? It was render man. It was render. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's why it was chattering. And you had to put like uh, the ray Cl- rates of point two five. Remember, it would take like seven hours to render a frame. Yeah, it was huge time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, distract. Right. Okay, <laughs> back to what we're talking about. So well, she she so tries back, to going uh, going to the point of closure, Eric. That's a really inspiring story of how you got that closure, mm-hmm. and it's something that I can only hope to achieve. But um, it also comes in many different forms because I feel like the concierge, I think she had a couple of types that she needed. Mm-hmm. She needed the closure of the hate that she held and she needed the closure of the romance that she lost. Mm-hmm. And I think she got both of those with that letter, which is why it's it was it that makes it twice as meaningful. So tell us about the letter. <laughs> Yeah, oh. in fact, we can we can go through these stories, yeah, individually as opposed to you know the way that they interweave with each other. But go ahead. So what, what uh, did she do? I forgot when, but there they, she watched a, a she watched detail. a documentary on. She saw it was a news agency. About, it was a newspaper, right? It was a newspaper that was like, oh, this plane that crashed, however many years ago, they found a bunch of mail on it that has been lost for thirty years, and she took that idea. And she ran with it and she made photocopies of the old letters and pieced them together into a new one and then gave it to her. And the concierge read it and it basically said something along the lines of, I left the woman that I said I was leaving you for and I do truly love you and yada yada. And then he disappeared, obviously. So he's still gone, but she got that um, necessary like quote unquote proof. I say proof with air quotes because it's fake, but 
Well, I think she, that's she got what she needed from it. Right. Like, like, like that it's fictional is, is the most important thing to me. I mean, like, what is he going to do? Deny it? He's dead. So it's yeah, fine. exactly. Well, like <laughs> he, uh, she heals the concierge's, uh, concierge's life with a story, mm-hmm. you know, because that her problem was she had turned her life into a story that other people were writing. And right. so Amelie steps in to finish writing that story for her so she can get back to living. <laughs> like, I think that that says a lot about uh, storytelling, i.e. filmmaking, and what they're doing with this movie. I right. think that a lot of this is to do with Jeunet's own life and uh, him trying to face and deal with real things in his life. Right. But he has this, problems with his life and he needs a story to get out of it. Yes. And I think that for many people that saw this movie, it had that effect. Like many people who saw this movie was huge and was a very, very internationally powerful, huge, internationally huge. <laughs> yeah. And remains yeah. like a, a huge sort of life touchstone for many, many people. Uh, it's a landmark in French filmmaking and it's a very important movie to millions of people. And it's because the movie itself is the fake letter to like to us <laughs> you know um and it's a, and it's one of the best like that's one of my favorite bits of the movie the movie is very um uh, sort of um what's it called uh recursive in how it tells its story right um but this is one of the most important bits and like you once you once i saw that I, you start seeing it in everything else so say for instance the garden gnome and her dad yes oh yeah Right, uh, which is also people did t- that after this movie. I did, did it after the movie. It's still, it's still do it. It's like a thing. Um, but like where in which you know she in the middle of the night steals a like because her dad is like she sees that her dad is living such a closed off life as she was. His mother died. Yep. Yeah. That uh, she's like I'm going to take his garden home and give it to my uh, you know heir. Um, uh, steward. steward friend and she's going to take it from the world as if the gnome itself is traveling and send the photos back to my dad and i'm not going to ex- no one's going to explain it <laughs> and like and the dad is this sort of puzzling little journey <laughs> he keeps getting letters of his garden gnome in different areas of the world <laughs> right. but essentially what the garden gnome is telling him is like hey i can get out here like, why don't you exactly. why don't you why don't you start traveling You're, i'm a goddamn you garden gnome <laughs> <laughs> you know oh and, and the uh, mother hated the garden gnome right that was the other thing is mother hated the garden mother gnome. hated when the she garden died yes <laughs> he can finally put the garden gnome out yes exactly and the garden gnome is free and yes. so the garden gnome represents freedom and, uh, and, uh, for, like freeing yourself again. For the bravery of being Bra- For the bravery. To be free. Like the garden gnome is a story that inspires a reality, right? Cause he does take action off of that, you know? And so like the, like at the end of the movie, he goes on a trip and you're like, good job, Amelie. Like, and good job, Garden Gnome. Yeah. You know, but he's the one who takes the action. And so, like, the, m- the movie is centered around this idea of, like, stories themselves are a call to action. Like, don't just live in stories. You know, like, act on stories. Uh, that, like, your life is not a story. Your life is for real. 
And this is where it really connects for me back to the French New Wave, because that is the basic thesis of the French New Wave. It's to reject story. Well, it's like it's saying this is reality, you know, and reality is really fucking weird and very immediate. And so this movie is using all the technique of what the French New Wave was fighting against to make a French New Wave statement. That's super film nerdy, but I really, really love it. And it's why it works for people. You know, they don't even have to, they don't have to have seen Francois Truffaut movies in order to get knocked on their ass by this movie. And because it's really truthful about that. The tourism board must have been so happy with oh, this. Oh man, this is like the Lord of the Rings for France. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's wow. Wow. Yeah. They play this on the airplane when you're going to France. It's like, you're, you you're going to go to pumped Paris. up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the music. <laughs> get off the plane and there's accordions there. Ah, the guys following you to, yeah, to baggage exactly. claim. Stop, please. <laughs> no, please stop. I, I'm just, I have a long flight. Thank you. Yeah. Before that, they just played Day of the Jackal all the time. They're like, turn plane Little around. kids Sorry. with like raspberries on their fingertips and, yeah. and baggage claim. <laughs> there you go. Stop. I'm tired. Please. Time for you. It's too much, too much cute garden gnomes too much everywhere. As you garden know, the guys with tape recorders. Stop. <laughs> um, so, so that's the one closure. The other interesting one is the, the, the man of glass, right? Who is this very reclusive and interesting, strange person that she sees through the window. And we find out that he's called the man of glass because he has very frail bones and he can easily break his bones, right? Like Samuel Jackson in the superhero movie. Which, anyway, go ahead. <laughs> that was the M. Night movie? Yes, it's called Glass. And he plays Mr. Glass. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody needs to know that or remember it. <laughs> go, go ahead. Shamalama ding dong. Oh, that guy. God bless that guy. Occasionally skilled. Occasionally. Like, occasionally, wh- occasionally tell me brilliant. where you think M. Night Shyamalan is. They skilled. said he was the next Spielberg occasionally when brilliant. he came out. I like the village. I mean, I, that, I was, that, was a, that wasn't a bad one. Yeah, I watched the, it. I watched it in class, and I got home, and I was like, "Hey, we're watching this M Night Shyamalan movie." And both of my parents went, "No, you're not." Oh, dude, <laughs> I, I will, I will, I will support you on that, and also add to it by saying that is actually his greatest twist movie, not because of the ending where they reveal the situation, but because there's almost no other movie I can think of where they successfully change main characters in the middle of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like Psycho, you know, where you're just like, oh, yeah. right? Right. I can't believe yeah. nobody talks about this. This is one of the most shocking things I've seen in any modern movies. It's just sort of like, oh, and then, well, I guess he's going to convo- What? Wait, wait, what's happening? And then it goes but he's over. he's dead, yeah. He's dead. <laughs> that's it, basically <laughs> dead. And then it goes over to Bryce Dallas Howard, and that's, then that's her movie. I will and admit, I, I predicted the modern thing, like, halfway through. Yeah, I was like, like oh, wait these, a minute. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, I mean, like, that's that's the Twilight Zone regular, where you just go, yeah, okay, that's cool. That's but fine. The reveal, okay. Not the reveal, but, like, the the switch of, like, oh, this guy's dead, and she's got to go say, it's, whoa. That's a shock. That was, that's a I real didn't shock. expect that, yeah. yeah. And so, like, that, that's where I'm, like, that's when, I'm, when I see it as moments of genius. I'm just like, nobody's been able to pull that off in 60 years, you know? And it really, it really knocked me out when it happens. Really, really good stuff. And he has things, like... Even they did that in Rollerball, though. <laughs> Halfway through, they find out he's, he's just going to play tennis from the rest of the yeah. film. That's the end of it. Space I thought, tennis. I thought they did that in Rollerball. Yeah, I'm I'll check sure. the remake anyway. I don't know what that was, but yeah, like the uh, like that's like all of his movies have moments when you go like, "Damn, he is somewhere in there." Great, 
<laughs> and then the rest of it, you just didn't think it through very well. But there was yeah. Avatar. I've only seen one clip from the live-action Avatar The Last Airbender, mm-hmm. but the second I found out he was the one who directed it, my opinion of him dropped a lot. It is a very boring Because movie. I am a purist I lo- yeah. about Avatar. I have an Avatar hat in my closet. That's I love great, it to right? death. So is yeah. oh, and she I, has all the she makes all the drawings and oh, I love. That's do you think they'll show. make a Broadway musical of Avatar? I <laughs> hope not. I I Let's love musicals too. We're not talking about the Way of Water or yeah, no, Cameron this is Avatar. not the this no, is no, 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 no. Avatar: right. Last Airbender, <laughs> Last Airbender, yes, yeah, Avatar: the Last Airbender, Broadway show. The uh, the Listen, like, I love musicals. I love Broadway. I have uh, playbills all the way up there, but. Whenever there's a movie and or like a TV show and they make a Broadway adaptation, I cringe a little bit. I am definitely like, tired of the idea of like Broadway used to make new shows. Yeah, well, new, just new historical <laughs> versions. of <things. laughs> like, By the way, there is like I I was researching the other day for something I'm writing and I was like, uh, I'll think of it because my memory is shot. Let's not talk about my teen years, but something. There is Beetlejuice play, but there's something else I saw. That oh, there's is... Hairspray play. I just saw that. Yeah. Yeah, we saw was... that too. Yeah. yeah. But there's so... something else that I was But do like, you remember when The Simpsons made what? fun of it? Beetlejuice <laughs> play? Planet of the Apes. No, there's uh, a musical. Uh, I hate every ape I see. I see. From Chimpanzee. Chimpanzee. Oh, my God. You finally made a monkey out of me. I would Dr. see that Zaya, show. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Okay, Is there an Evil Dead musical? There's an Evil Dead musical? My God. Is right. there really, I, Jason? Is uh, there there, there are musical? a couple that I would endorse. But I would I would watch that just to judge it. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, they made they made a uh, they made they made a Heather's musical, a Carrie musical. Heather's okay. I, okay, Heather's That's musical. It. Is good. I yeah, just got good. back into the soundtrack. I love yeah. the Heather's musical, yeah, <laughs> I will stand on this hill. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm but I just was yeah. amazed that a lot of films from the '80s that we remember were becoming musical. I was like, I think it was Heather's. I was like, what? And then uh, the Beetlejuice. So it was kind of. There's a lot of untapped material. You could Spider-Man, the musical, yeah, Chud. They should obviously. There's plenty. Of I, I first knew Heather's as a musical, and I got home. And I was like, wait, there's a movie version of Heathers? And I think my mom <laughs> facepalmed a little bit. That's, I, I think she died a little bit inside when I said yeah. that. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I, I, I am a huge it's like when fan you say, is it true that Paul McCartney was in another band before Wings? Yeah, that's the way it goes. <laughs> yeah. First of all, who's Paul McCartney? Second of all, who's Wings? The <laughs> no, they made an Amelish uh, musical, right? Which what? one? Amelie. Let me ch- they might have made an Amelie musical. Maybe. Yes. Yeah, they, they throw anything at the wall. Yeah. But okay. Let's continue. Why. What let's if they continue. made a musical? Damn. Get back to the man of glass. The man of glass. Remember that movie, Pen? What oh, Pen. Pen the musical would be amazing. I would just what? Pin, pin pen the musical. musical? Oh God. Like, God. Movie? <laughs> just like that's the prize roll is to stand in the window like this. Yeah. It's just <laughs> that's, <a>, it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's like mannequin. Only nothing happens. I have a director oh. who turns every play we do into a musical. Like he'll just add songs willy nilly. Oh, and man. we're all sick of it. Like we did, we did Clue in the fall. And you added. He a song? added. He added two songs. He added. Um, I and have dances. no clue dance. about you. Uh, <laughs> no, he did Dead Man's Party and Monster Mash. He added that. Oh, yes. And so, then we did Elephant Man just recently. Oh, that's he'd right. Added, he um, added a song he, to Elephant Man. He added a song to Elephant Man. And he oh added a dance. my glory! That's he added, the song he added was Mad World. 
Okay. Okay. Oh, I get me, it. Uh, familiar, that oh, one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, your dad and I worked on the ad that made that a meme. <laughs> so yes. Which one? Mad World on Joe's Mad World. Oh, Here, I, oh, did, I did oh. it. I did it again. I'm sorry, Joe Kaczynski's Mad World. Yeah. The the uh, the uh, for Gears of War. That is for the Gears reason that happened. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Where because, it's our but, fault. <laughs> well, what's funny about it is that was because that was a it was a it's a cover of Mad World, yes. right? And yeah. so when I I was in Fears for Fears, yeah, the, I played the original yeah. one in the, in the no, studio. No, we did the we did the acapella one. We didn't even do the Tears for Fears one. We did the right. acapella. Beautiful. One. Yeah. Right, but Tears I did, for Fears one is better. <laughs> I Tears so I played the, the original one in in the in at, at DD on the on the speaker, and they were like, "What is this?" And it's like this is the original song. <laughs> this is, yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And like I played started- like uh, uh uh what's his name uh Gangster's Paradise or what's uh uh the, the <sighs> Gangster's Paradise not Gangster's Paradise the original version was done by uh, uh Stevie Wonder no yes yes yeah and it's not called Gangster's Paradise it's called something else but it's yes. the original version and oh, for a moment there I I bet that came across like I was trying to correct you and say it was yes the band no. <laughs> it, it was originally by yes. But no. Pastime Paradise. That's what Pastime Paradise. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Mom. Mom's out. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> That's it. Okay. All right. Let's get let's get to it. Uh, so the Man of Glass is always uh, uh, he's stuck in his room, but he's very he's very interesting centric. He seems to know, even though he's stuck in his room because of his medical condition, he seems to know everything that's going on in the neighborhood, everything that's happening, and all the the stuff that's going on. Right. That Watches, was the result of the boy, right? The, the the young boy at the grocery store, which yeah. we'll get to him in a second. So he's also an important figure. But he he watches everything through TV, and he has these video cameras that he's on the clock across the street, so that he can see the time. <laughs> yes, right. Which is very interesting. But um, the relationship he has he has a he uh, he has a relationship with the 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 boy who works at the grocery store. Who is also a very famous French actor, yes. uh, and he really he really does have just one arm in real life, um, and so uh, he's also that guy is married to like this this woman who is a, a news a news anchor in France, and she's like stunning, mm-hmm. awesome. <laughs> and it was all over the news like. She is marrying him. <laughs> like they were all just shocked by it. It was a big scandal in France. But uh, he's like Rick Ocasek gr- and uh, and um, what's her name, Paulina Parskova. Oh, that's yeah. Right. yeah. It's just like good on you, Paulina. <laughs> yeah, but Rick but Kasich. he does. He he definitely talented, you know he's a very good you know. So he's, he's supposed to be a, like a kind of a kid who works at a at a grocery store. Uh, and the grocer uh, treats him like crap, right? And that's right. we'll get to that story in a bit. But he brings groceries to the man of glass, and he always sneaks in good stuff hidden inside the grocery to you know have like caviar and champagne and all this stuff because uh, you know they they enjoy spending time together. He's teaching the kid how to paint, and he spends a lot of time with the kid there, and they work together, and they're painting. And he paints a Renoir painting like every year, mm. right? Which is, again, t- turns into part of the story because he keeps saying, I always have trouble with a girl holding the glass. I can't tell what she's feeling. And 
that is him talking to Amelie about her, mm-hmm. right? Very obviously, 100%. but very 100%. sweet, right? And she, as I was saying, she she always gives these gifts to people, right? So she gives the gifts of the of the letter to the woman so she can have closure. But for the man of glass, she just tapes things that she's seen on TV that seem interesting to her. Mm-hmm. And then just give some a videotape of just random clips of things, right, right. And that is kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, and it's and it follows essentially the same pastiche format of the rest. Microphone, of the microphone follows the same pastiche format of the rest. <laughs> of the yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so another, it's another film within a film. It's another aspect. film within a film aspect, yeah. right? Yeah. So the big thing that she's trying to figure out is as we're meeting all these different people is uh, she's trying to figure out where this guy's lived, right? And they're saying, oh, there's a guy who lived here. So his name of the family is Boutroudeau, Boutroudeau. And he, they get it wrong. And so she keeps looking up people in the in the, in the the um, telephone book and they're, she, the, she misspelled the name, mm-hmm. right? So she gets, she gets to the wrong person. Uh, but eventually – the man of glass is like, no, you got the name wrong. It's not Boutroudeau, it's Boutroudeau, right? <laughs> and so he's like, oh, right. And so she fi- figures out who the guy is, mm-hmm. right? And then the narrator takes us through the whole, here are the things he likes, doesn't like, and here are the things that have happened in his life, right? The uh, the chicken. The chicken one I love. I don't know why. Because <laughs> right. I, I love that part of the chicken too, by the way. <laughs> it's it's so cool. So the, the, the basic story is that he – he likes the feeling of when a freshly roasted chicken and, and how it's still warm and you can pick out pieces of the warm meat and mm-hmm. it burns your fingers, but it tastes so good. Yep. And he's <laughs> it just makes me think of wanting to go to Zanku Chicken and getting some chicken. Well, and this is, like, <laughs> yeah, just, it to, just to throw it in, like, it, like that is such a specific feeling. Everyone knows exactly what that feeling is. Right. And the movie keeps on doing that, like with the way that she presses her hand into the comfort the, of that. Yeah, like right. really tactile. The grain. The grain, exactly. And, and, they, go, I know that feeling. and they do the sound, too, because she yeah. keeps picking up rocks because she likes to skip them. And yep. then she, she puts it in her pocket and you hear the sound of other rocks clack. yeah and, clack. and the marbles yeah the yeah. marbles yeah exactly it's an extremely extremely this is a part it's of it's a sensory film yeah like this is part of the grittiness aspect that i was talking about before it's not grittiness bad it's just very physical like as romantic as it seems it's very rubber meets the road real all the time it keeps on grounding you and grounding you and grounding you in these all these little little ways and i think that the, the hot chicken bit is it's right on the money because everyone knows that they go like, uh, and you can feel the heat like going into your fingers, and you're like, "Oh fuck, I got a second left." Ah. <laughs> <laughs> it's great; it's the best. Right. They explain it so well. It's really, it's really interesting. Like the grain, like the second I was like, "Oh, I know what that feels like." <laughs> yep. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, the and narration it, is very clear. <laughs> right. Well, and because the the action, as in in filmmaking terms, you're uh, you're attaching. Um, the physical to the uh, metaphorical directly. So like the, the metaphorical world of the movie, which is all like highly romantic and obviously constructed visuals, like it, it makes, it marries this very, very uh, tangible idea to very un- unreal or uh, spiritual concepts. Mm. Uh, so it brings those ideas closer to reality for you emotionally as the movie goes on. 
And so the more it's a, a mechanism to get you to invest in the wonder of the uh, completely artificial visuals that are being presented, you're taking them as emotional reality because of things like the grain. Right. You know, and it's a really, really powerful cinematic tool. And right. uh, it's one of the best movies to to do that in many, many years. So because of the Amelie cannot do things directly as she does, she has to make everything somewhat theatrical and yet be removed from the situation. Yeah, step right? off the side. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right? She's and like so, the man of glass himself. Like she is, right? Yeah, right. And so she, she uh, in order to try to get to the person, she puts the, the, the time capsule in a telephone booth, mm-hmm. waits for the guy to walk by the telephone booth, rings the, 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 the phone. Phone. Right? So that he will go in there and he picks up the phone. She then hangs up. She doesn't even speak to him. And then he looks down and he sees the box and he's like, what's this? And he opens the box and then this flood of memories, right? Come back Mm -hmm. to him. Very emotional about all this stuff. But we also find out through this process that, you know, he sort of distanced himself from his family, from his daughter and his grandkid. And there's been this, this thing that's happened. And at which point when she, hides in a small cafe uh, uh uh you know parisian bistro uh and he walks in <laughs> and asks for a cognac right because mm-hmm. he's been in shock and she's <laughs> hiding with her sunglasses on big sunglasses on and she's like the most amazing thing has happened to me and i can't I just can't explain it and then she you know he decides i need to make my life better Right, mm-hmm. I need to get reconnect with my family. This is important. And so that's, calling, right? The strange daughter and the, the guy. But happening. are you talking about that line, Chris? Which one? He's like, it's a calling, and then the guy, the, the guy behind the counter, the microwave goes off. He's like, look, I have a calling. <laughs> that's, 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 yes. I always love that line. <laughs> that's good. That's Ding! Right. Look, I have a calling. <laughs> that's, it, it's like he was calling for me. It's like, yeah, the microwave is calling for me now. <laughs> Ding! <laughs> Ding! <laughs> There's so but much yeah. sarcasm. It's amazing. I love, <laughs> right. I love sarcasm. Well, anything, yeah. that, anything, anything that makes it more like, uh, like takes all this sort of florid stuff and then makes it real again is, is good. And I feel like the, like the, uh, the, the sensation of achievement unlocked when she figures out who, like as soon as she figures out who it is and you get this sudden download of information about the guy. Right. Like you feel like you literally beat a video game level. You're like, <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> like I get all the stuff now. Fantastic. Save, you know, right. and like, and it's, uh, and that, cause that, that, that's a sort of a, a physicalized reward, a connected connection reward. Right. You know? And so like, here's a brand, here's a brand new story for you to experience because you, you did the thing. Right. So the other thing that is uh, funny about it, uh, the other funny story is obviously remember the guy with the tape recorder in the cafe, really annoying, who's constantly stalking his ex girlfriend, and then the uh, hypochondriac woman working at the cigarette counter, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they she decides to invent <laughs> some kind of a story that they're telling each other, mm-hmm. so that they suddenly start to become interested in each other, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which. Is also very, very funny because unexpected, like suddenly he's not as obsessed about his ex-girlfriend because suddenly something new has happened to him. Right. And she's not obsessed about being sick all the time. <laughs> right. And, and this is a mirror of 
the concierge story. Right? Yes. Like, cause it's it, like, it's, it's, it's a, a semi invented and here's a person releasing that former story. Right. You know, like he is on track to no longer be a douchebag because of this thing. Like that's what you hope anyway. Right. Like it, it, it's, it starts that story for you. Yeah. So it's, it's a pretty, pretty good story. Obviously they, hilarity ensues in the bathroom and good crazy hijinks hijinks mm -hmm. like the, uh, they they pulled the same you said they pulled the same kind of the director pulled the same kind of shot shot or scene or whatever in delicatessen as well mm -hmm. oh right with, with the, the bed springs <laughs> the bed springs yeah, uh, uh, yeah exactly yeah when the, exactly. With the bicycle pump and everything. yeah all the all the rhyming action yeah exactly. yeah <laughs> rhyming action. i that scene i like but the scene i like the most in in delicatessen with the bed is when they're trying to find where the source of the squeak is and it turns into a dance as they're bouncing and everybody's yeah yep yeah it's pretty great yeah. yeah it's pretty funny um <clears throat> okay and so that's the, the another side story that happens uh, and then the story of the grocer. Now that's a good one. <laughs> so what happens with the grocer, Lily? <laughs> uh, essentially, he's very abusive. He's he's not a good. He's yeah, he's abusive. Mm -hmm. He's very abusive to the. Ki I can't remember his name either. The kid who works sure. for him and mm -hmm. essentially just insults him and calls him stupid and all these other things. And the kid has. A pretty wounded self-esteem, I would say, probably from prior abuse, and it's only just, like, kind of trickled down from there, so he doesn't really do anything to defend himself. Right. Um, which the grocer takes to him being an idiot, which, it's basically like a cycle where it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse, because the kid can't defend himself because he has a low self-esteem, so the grocer picks on him, so he has a lower self-esteem, so he can't defend. It's a whole circle of horrible things, essentially. Mm -hmm. And then um, Emily says, all right, I'll intervene by making this guy's life hell. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but, like, those minor inconveniences that just stack up and just, like, make blow your fuse. <laughs> yep. Like his slippers just being too small and the light going out. And well, she sneaks into his house, right? Which is <laughs> she breaks in. Right. She breaks into his house and she screws with teeny little details in his house that makes it confusing. Right, like she pours salt in his whiskey, right? And, and then, it, like she like switches his foot cream and his toothpaste and the doorknobs, <laughs> the doorknobs, the doorknobs, yeah, the doorknobs, so that when he wakes up in the morning, everything's all confusing. She lowers the voltage of all of his light bulbs so that it's really <laughs> that's dim. A good, that's a good one. <laughs> that's pretty funny. And they all buzz, one. right? Yeah. They were all buzzing. They're all buzzing and just not not good. And then right. she she takes his slippers and makes them one size too small, like exactly the same slippers, and then just. And so then when he puts them on, his feet are squished. Mm -hmm. And then the final thing is she resets his alarm so that he wakes up at 4 o'clock in the morning. And then, and then he then gets he, to work. He gets like, to work and he's opening up the grocery store and he looks around and it's like it's 4 o'clock in the like morning. Just like rats walking around like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty satisfying. <laughs> so, yes, it's satisfying That's to, to do that. Uh, but it's definitely uh, <laughs> revenge <laughs> for right. what he's doing. Um, okay. And then the big story, uh, yes, of all these little stories that are going on, the big story is the fact that she has discovered, she's found someone that she's interested in and she finds him because she okay. sees, what's that? It's, it's okay. that, I, I can't, 
the, the yeah the guy behind us <laughs> right that, that guy she's found him because she keeps seeing him uh at uh photo booths in ga- in train stations mm-hmm. uh and he's got a ruler and he's collecting pictures that are discarded from underneath photo booths and um she's kind of when she sees him she gets her heart starts beating harder right like with her dad <laughs> right so it was that whole thing uh but she can't right understand why he's collecting photos and what he's doing right and uh the big thing that happens is that he runs away or something happens and then she ends up finding his photo album that he's been keeping right and in the photo album she looks through all the pictures and she keeps seeing the same guy appear over and over and over inside the photo album mm-hmm. and it's a ripped up picture but he keeps pasting it together and he's there like eight times or 10 times or something like that and he always has like the same expression of like, always has nothing. the same expression he always looks completely the, not like, not mu- like mugshot <laughs> mugshot yeah. yeah and so she's what is going on and she's she is through that so she does return her album the album to him in the most amelie way possible where she makes him climb all the way up to the type of Montmartre like he's John Wick 4. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And then he gets all the way to the top and then she looks through the binoculars and then she sees him at the bottom and she puts the album into his, uh, into his, uh, moped. And so he runs down to try to meet her, but she's not there because she already took off. I also think it's kind of funny and ironic that he is a very sweet, kind boy who works at a sex shop <laughs> oh it's great yeah which which is another sort of like romance versus reality right combo Man, i, think it's I love them when they're, they're putting price tags on dildos and just yeah it's, 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 having it's so fun it's so fun <laughs> yeah it's really funny but uh so yeah, the french the french may be a little more casual about that stuff but it, they're still making a point of how oh yeah sort of silly this is like yeah. this is not normally the guy who's like oh the sweet guy <laughs> you know nope and, nope. and this happens in the second movie too <laughs> yep that's right yeah we talked about that like how different the prostitution laws are in europe oh yeah for sure yeah yeah it's a whole different they have a very different uh less puritan vision of sex work there than the that we do here where right. it is demonic talking about people who have a statue of david and got fired from yeah. the school exactly it's like what, what is wrong with us yeah we that we haven't gotten out of that loop what you happened hear about that what happened years. in your state no yes yeah. Yeah. what did they do teacher the got fired for showing teacher got fired for showing, showing a picture of the statue of david in, to her kids in yeah. their classroom yeah i don't know in there are people that are listening statue of david is sort of a classic work of art <laughs> maybe the because you didn't know <laughs> what that happened in, that happened in oh, florida God. florida of course it was what's florida. weird though it's like when i thanks um when i'm uh, <laughs> what's weird though is florida, that man. when i first signed up with pinterest i got banned really because, yeah they banned it for me because they complained because i was putting nude photos but they were f- studies for drawing. Yeah. Right. And I yeah, was like, we're, we're weird about that stuff. 
Never had. Yeah, never, we are weird. It's not just a goofy state. Did you ever work with figure drawings? What are they going to do about that? I don't. I don't. I don't know. They they blocked it. They blocked me. Do you remember Lyndon, Eric? Used to work at Speed Shape. Uh, yes. Yes, he said you. I, I was. I did a podcast with him. He said you do the best Carl Cyborg impression ever. Yes, Booby. <laughs> so, <laughs> but he has been on Mid Journey a lot. He's completely obsessed with it. So you really should connect with 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 him because he really loved. He can't. He loves talking about it, and he's you know just as as nutty about it as you are. Uh, but he's done. 400,000 or 500,000 images in like a few months, right? But he's been banned from mid-journey several times. Like they keep... Like, oh, because of nudity, yeah. Yep. Yeah. But what's crazy about that is that because, you know, I'm writing that, doing the graphic novel uh, about a certain time period, but it, with Alice Cooper, I put in some stuff as a kind of prompt. You know, you use a photo delete, and it was Alice just with his shirt off and a snake, and I got banned. I got a warning letter. No wow. snakes. I was like, what? It was well, do you remember? I was trying to do, use Mid Journey to try to do a, uh, a picture for promoting. Uh, oh, see, look, we were held. We were <laughs> held message because of <laughs> Jason. Jason no. again. What is it? <laughs> anti prawn nudity. Yeah. Allow. That's it's always Jason. <laughs> Can't we just uh, say always allow Jason? Don't we know that he's No, it's the auto moderator. Anyway, oh, the, uh, see, this is, it's almost proving the point, which is amazing. Uh, but the, <laughs> the one that was, uh, uh, crap. Oh, so I was trying to do a promo for, uh, Fight Club, right? Mm-hmm. And so I said, okay, so I'm going to ask Mid Journey to give me an, a photograph of Brad Pitt shirtless holding a martini. And I said, banned word. I can't use the word shirtless. Shirtless. <laughs> yeah. Shirtless and martini. Well, that's what Alice was. Right so yeah. it's crazy. That's like, it's like, what's it's a the photo life? from like Teen Beat in like 1972. Yeah. And yet yeah. it's banned. It's nuts, dude. Uh, we've got, we've regressed, unfortunately, with our. You Americans, you're all the same. <laughs> yeah. In France, in France, they, they don't, they don't mind so much. Not yep. so much. Yep. It's, it's, uh, it's, they celebrate it. It's good. It's like well, I get, not to go off on one of my standard rants, but like as I, as I'm, I'm the one who, if you're interacting with us on Twitter, I'm sure you've seen my, uh, the debates that I get into. I try not to get feisty with the huge amount of film Twitter that, uh, it's just like, like there shouldn't be any sex in movies, uh, unless it forwards the plot. And I'm just like, oh yes, the plot. <laughs> like, dude, I absolutely refuse to see sunsets unless it's part of the mystery. <laughs> I think I had this conversation with my mother. Is that like PG-13, where there's guns, blood, and heavy violence? Oh, that's no fine. There's one thing of like the like most mild sexual scene, rated R. R, that's it. Can't have that's R. Decapitations? Like, yes. <laughs> fine. That's totally fine. Like, sex is a very natural thing. And then, it's obviously, why John we're all McFour, here. John McFour is, not, I, that's probably rated R, but that's not the point. John yeah, McFour, like, it's far all more the violence, that's yeah. not natural. But right. if, if it were just the violence, that would be PG 13. Yes. The, the, the cooler. Do you remember the cooler? The whole controversy with that film? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The cooler. Yeah. The cooler, no, with, um, 
William H. Macy. Bill, Bill Macy, yeah. That's right. Uh, there was a scene, there was a sex scene, right? And for a little bit, you could see her pubic hair. And that yeah. was made it rated <gasps> X. It's X. It's an R. <laughs> Nobody should see mm-hmm. that. <laughs> yep. If you like, wait, that's it. The human body, my God. Ah. Run. Yeah, no, like, this is, that's like, I don't, I don't know where this came from on film Twitter, but it's, it's the worst. It's the most, like, I, like, I, there's plenty of big debates I have, but that is the one where I get the most frustrated the most quickly. And, uh, like, cause, like, you know, I also get a debates about, like, violence in film and stuff like this. And, uh, and, like, that I can be like, all right, I see where you're coming from. Like, like violence is upsetting and, you know, like we should think about how we represent that if within the context of what we're doing. Um, but, uh, but America is unique in the world in the way that we represent this. Whereas anomaly, one of my favorite gags is when you see her sleeping with the dude and the camera's like top down on uh, the bed and like, he's making super weird noises and she's trying not to laugh. It's one of my favorite moments in the entire movie. Like she's like, <laughs> like I don't want to ruin this guy's day. She has this weird, she has this weird strained smile, oh, and I'm like, so oh, good, that's dude. funny. Yeah. That's just I also when the, she's on the roof and she's like, she wonders all kinds of things about things. Like, I wonder how many people are having orgasms right oh, now. Yeah, and it's she's like, boom, 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 and she just boom, boom, five, five people are having orgasms. She, she goes, turns the five. <laughs> yeah, she's like fifteen. <laughs> I was like, this is so that was good, great. dude. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, that was the I, other thing. In like the brand new testament, there was this like. 13 year old girl sitting next to this like 50 year old man and they're watching like a, a strip, yeah, it's a, a strip it's show this i was like that's a really yeah. weird shot but you yeah. know what yeah yeah she's supposed no, to be like, 10 she's supposed to be 10 oh yeah, she's exactly. 10 yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. like i'm sure like i'm sure in terms that even in france in terms of filming that stuff like it's actually a little bit of trickery you know right um but like nobody's freaked out by the image you know like the image is there for a reason and it's like, and she, the narration is that she's a different person. And we'll get yeah. to that in the story in a second because she's not really a 10 year old girl, right? Yeah. Because like you, like you, whenever you're making a movie, you want to be responsible and protect the yeah, actors that are part of the movie. Well, Jesus, remember, right? remember, get out your handkerchiefs. That was awkward. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. I mean, like that's, that's, that's still the gold standard for, I mean, like if that came out today, there would be arrests. There would be people would be arrested. Immediate yeah. arrests. Um, but like that, the story is, in that one is it's a 14 year old boy who has, who falls in love with a uh, 25 year old woman. 20, yeah. At least. Yeah. And they have sex and <laughs> yeah. And this, this is not a realistic movie literally <laughs> at, all. at all. Like that's yeah. the, that's like, she gets so pregnant. That, the whole thing. Right. <laughs> so, oh, I would hope, I would hope it's not realistic. <laughs> yeah. No, the, the whole idea is to be as sort of challenging and offensive and ridiculous as possibly can, because it is a farce. Right. Um, but I think that in film today, uh, in America only, uh, we are, we have, we've locked ourselves into the idea of film is real. Like stories must be real yeah. stories about real things. And right. you shouldn't show certain things because this is, I'm just like film has never been real. It is entirely, entirely false. It's a put on, especially now with like all the yeah. censorship that's, that's going on. Mm-hmm. Like there was so a, there was a teacher. I, I don't remember where there was a teacher who got arrested for showing like a Disney movie. What? And everyone oh, was right. like, there's yeah. a gay character. There's a gay like, character. Was... Yeah, exactly. Disney, like, that was the first And they're like, she's indoctrinating the children. No, oh, God. She's just... Don't she... show them things that exist in real life. <laughs> like, <laughs> People in love. Like, that's, that's terrible. That's yeah. banned in my school. To Kill a Mockingbird is banned in my school. And that was 
Yeah, someone's going to explain it. I don't know if it was based off a real story, but I wouldn't be surprised if something like it happened in real life. This is... It yeah. was banned in your school? This oh, yeah. That's me. This, this I, stuff I gets me got, wild. <laughs> I got to go see it in, uh, in like, California. Like, that's a little surprising because, mm. where, especially where I live, it's very... Um, we, we don't, like, ban everything willy-nilly. Uh, Roll of Thunder, Him My Cry was banned. That, that was banned after mm. I read it. That's a story about... Um, oh, T- t- times of like segregation, I would guess forties ish sure. yeah. time period. Yeah. Yeah. I read it in seventh grade. It was about um, the main characters were this like black family who was, mm-hmm. you know, doing little like mainly younger like the children were mm-hmm. like doing little acts to like yeah fight the system. Mm-hmm. And it was a really good book, and it was banned because they say the n word in it. And That's then wow. so it was, like, to kill a mockingbird, like... that was banned because they say the n word in it. And we went to go see right. it at the Pantages. My drama teacher, he found like loopholes to like have us actually go as a field trip. Yeah, yeah. and good, he was like, enough. "Guys, be mature. Yeah. This is very important." Because like, we talked about this last week, the French Connection, where they they edited the French Connection for this for similar language when it's about mm-hmm. a, a bad person, like, and the idea is to show that he's bad. But uh, like the it's all this stuff is really well meaning, um, but it is. Uh, contrary the ultimate effect is to make things worse like yes and uh and to rob the world of something as powerful as to kill the mockingbird to kill a mockingbird simply because you like you don't want you don't have the courage to talk to your students about the context and like frame it so this is as important as it is (laughs) like it's bizarre it's so powerful yeah. so powerful on stage like i was sitting yeah. there doing this the whole time yeah. yeah like there was a there was a scene where people came out in um white hoods mm-hmm. and there was just a gasp like yeah, it's there horrifying. was so much tension yeah it, and it, it was should, so much it was it so should be tense obviously <laughs> like that's what so you should feel horrifying yeah. and my friend mentioned like oh what if we did that as one of our plays like as a joke and i was like <laughs> Yeah, it's like you mean you're asking for. Don't it. do that it's with good. high schoolers. Yeah. That, it was it's gonna so... be yeah. Well, yeah, because like the thing is like I fully believe in like even in showing like showing movies on HBO or whatever it is, you know, or what's whatever's left of HBO these days. Like putting up something like a card with text that that gives the potential viewer some sort of context for what they're about to see. I'm all for it. Just like they put up the rated R for nudity, sexuality, blah, 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 violence, etc. Like. Just to give a little warning and a little context for what you're about to see, whatever it is, I think that's totally appropriate, and that's a very grown-up thing to do. What I don't think is a grown-up thing to do is to go, oh my god, that's an awful word. We should definitely hide that from everybody. No matter what the power of the story was, <laughs> no matter what you could possibly learn from To Kill a Mockingbird, we're throwing it out the window. Like, that's bad news. And that, They actually this- put, one of those, they put one of those warnings on uh, Lady and the Tramp that was like, this movie promote this movie promotes a kind of racism that was popular with old disney we do not condone right. those actions it was the siamese cats sure. it's the siamese we do cats. not condone we you don't know. condone that racism now and i was I, like oh I, that's an interesting thing yeah, to do i get it i get it it's like it doesn't interrupt my, if, as long as that's like pr- before the movie gets shown i think that's not not necessarily a bad thing and i think it's fine like it's just like contextualize this you're gonna see some stuff it's old there you go what was the warning you saw the other day of dislikable character oh god yeah yeah <laughs> that was a it's warning just, this is the kind what? of stuff where i'm just uh, i don't want to get into that 
thing. But right, so we like, got to finish Emily because we yeah. still have to do the brand new testament, and we're yeah, already yeah, halfway. Just quickly, oh, yeah. don't do this. Tell me what dislikable character. <laughs> no, it's it, it was a. We talked it, about this last time. Yeah, we did. You yeah. did, and I it's forgot. All right. Don't yeah. worry about it. It's okay. Amelie, let's go. Let's go with Amelie. It's Amelie. What a film. So, so what? A, <laughs> what a picture. What a picture. What a picture. What a picture. Right. But anyway, so the thing that, that happens with her is that she is slowly falling in love with the boy. She goes and stalks him uh, all, quite a bit. She goes to his other work where he plays uh, someone who scares people in a haunted mansion kind of thing. <laughs> right. Right. And that was kind actor. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of it was kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. Her her acting there is like her thrill and and fear at the same time. It's just kind of wonderful. Uh, and then finally she figured out the secret of the picture of the guy in the book uh-huh. the picture, because what she did is she's – oh, that's right. That's why she – that's why he uh, he forgot the book. He saw the guy with the red sneakers, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like that's the guy and she's running after the guy to try to figure out who he is mm-hmm. and that's why he forgot the album and that's why she picked it up. Right. So that's how she figures out this whole – yeah, thing. she's she's chasing him and he's chasing the dude. And the so dude, like, right. right? And like, and the punchline to that story is is seals the deal on the movie for me. Like, I think that's one of the best, most symbolic moments in the movie when you find out who the who the last guy is and what he's doing. The guy with the red sneaker. Yes, because it feels like it's a big mystery, right? Yeah, and yeah, I know. And then at the it's end, it's like, answer. oh, yes. so we make up this. We make World. up this whole we made big up a story. story about him in our heads <laughs> right. of who he is. Right. And she goes, I figured it out. Yes. And like, what is it? He's the repairman for the. Yes. <laughs> he is the repairman for the photo thing. And so. He takes like, a test photo to make sure it's working. Yes. And this is in like, that is God in the movie. Right. That is, it turns out it's real. When you just go, oh, it must be something magical and what? Oh, it's oh, it's real. <laughs> like, right. and all of the wonder and thrill and spirituality and be- belief and investment and feeling that I have isn't. It doesn't reside with whoever this mystery person is. It resides in me. Like mm. the power and wonder of the world and how I see it is in me. Right, and that's and that's then like we the also, tada of the movie. We also have this, you know. We build up all these things in our minds when really it could just be a simple answer. It's very simple. Like the right. beauty that, that – like the, the mystery Someone the is wonder. saying all these horrible things about me. As like, it turns out – That's they, a story. They didn't. Yes. <laughs> and you, That's you built it up in your mind. Yeah. yeah. It's a, my, my, my favorite David Foster Wallace quote of uh, you'd be uh, – like you'd, you'd be a lot less worried about what people think of you if you knew how little they did. like that is uh, like there's like all these characters build up these massive stories and then when they get deflated they're either hurt or saved right you know uh and i think that is the movie is constantly trying to bring reality and the romantic vision the ideal idealization of that reality together so that uh you understand that it's under your control because like it's like Anna and I talk about this all the time. The, the idea of the third mountain, right? It's like the 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 first mountain. Like, say you want to go climb climb Mount Everest. The, the first mountain 
is you have a poster of Mount Everest and you've read all the books about Mount Everest and climbing it and you're like, it's so wondrous and mystical and magical. And look at this photo with the sun through the snow and blah, 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 blah. You've never actually gone to Mount Everest, right? The second mountain is you're on Mount Everest and you're at a, you, you're at a, a camping store. And yeah, you're just like, yeah, like you're on Mount Everest. Your fingers are frozen. You're you feel like you're going to puke from being in so much pain. The wind is incredibly biting and everything is completely awful. That's the second mountain. That's the second mountain, the physical reality of the mountain. And then the third mountain is both of those two things together. Like mm. that's the, that is, that is are the actuality. You're lifted out, right? The, the beauty is real, but you don't separate those into grim reality and hyper romanticism. You put them over each other. That's, that's what you really experience. And that's what this movie just constantly reemphasizes. Right. Um, so she sets up another giant Ruth Goldberg thing to finally let him know that she figured out who it is, even though they haven't yet really met yet. <laughs> right. He keeps trying to figure out who she is because she keeps leaving him notes and doing strange things. And she comes to the coffee shop. She meets him. He meets her. And he's like, is this you? No. <laughs> right. Right. Mm -hmm. She can't, she can't, she can't even do that. Right. And I think right. even then he's like, this is you. This is you, though. <laughs> she's she's just like Zorro. And I'm only right saying that because it's you. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's confronted by the man in glass. Like, why is the girl with the glass? Can't she open up or do this? And what can right. she do? You know? Right. right. Exactly. And so, uh, anyway, she sets up this whole thing where she breaks the machine and then gets him to show up at the, at the, at the photo booth. And then just as the guy shows up to fix it, and then he now knows the secret as well. <laughs> that it's a repairman. Uh, but eventually they do kind of meet and they fall in love. And uh, everything. She is finally allowing herself to be in, uh, to, to enjoy her life for who she is, as opposed to just fixing everyone else's life. Right. Exactly. Because that, like, this is what I have done and what everyone I have ever known that does to some extent is like, you have a problem you're trying to solve. Or I have a problem I'm trying to solve. And so I don't solve it here. I solve it all over here. And I'm just like, you know what you should do? <laughs> yes. You know, I, I have that same problem. So you should fix it in your life by doing this. I'm not going to actually do that, <laughs> but I can watch you do it. <laughs> right. So it's a very sweet and good film. Loved it. Lee's seen it many, many times. But I do want to talk about the brand new Testament because that is something that is crazy now lily you hadn't seen it you just heard about it right where did you hear about this movie so i watch a lot of like um those like movie recap videos on <laughs> on Got youtube it. and i mainly watch them for heavy horror movies because i yeah. love horror movies but sometimes i can't I can't sit through them because they freak me out because, <laughs> because they're, they're horror, horror movies. movies. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, and I came across that one and they always have very like misleading or crappy thumbnails, but I, I clicked on it and I watched it and I was like, oh, this is really interesting. And I stopped watching it and I like looked at the synopsis and ratings and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And then I just stopped thinking about it for a while. And then I eventually asked, like dad and I were trying to find a movie or something. And I said, Oh, I heard of this movie, the brand new Testament. It's Belgian. And I think it's in French, but 
but basically it's about God in a wife beater and an open bathrobe. (laughs) I'm in, Chris. (laughs) So so I'll just give a very quick premise of the thing so people have an idea of what this is. It's literally God is alive, lives in Belgium in a crappy apartment with his wife who he abuses and his daughter, his son, Jesus Christ, is kind of not there. Right. Mm -hmm. But kinda is there he left, right? But he is a complete asshole (laughs) and is controlling everything that's going on in the world. And we'll get to the story of how this all happens. But what I'm curious, Eric, what was your reaction when you saw this film? Um, I think that's what brought up this whole um after pre and post nine eleven. There was a an anger to it. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. and an oppressed anger that even though it kind of, I said, you know, similar in some ways, I just, but the setup, the distance the narration was and the way they positioned you as the audience member to this world, I felt was very similar to Amelie. Yes. It's just, there was a layer, if you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I respond more visually. And so I can decode movies visually and then get some, the man I got it with Dan is just, you can go in and, you know, isolate and analyze. And it's awesome. Often for but, 20 or 30 minutes straight without anybody else talking. That's okay. It's okay for me. Anyway. But the point is that there was a, a, an anger to some of the punch. There was an anger to it. Oh, yeah. That I felt violence. And I was like, you know, it's kind of as if they never really look for closure. Yeah, right. that's a, that's a great point. That's really nicely said, right? Really nice like, there's say. always a a closure in letting just the world kind of heal. There, it's like I'm controlling things. And, well, this mm. person clearly did not like religion. <laughs> I know, yes. but but yes. there's a certain thing where I have. I know a lot of people. I was, you know, look, I was raised religious in a religious family, and I went away to an all boys boarding school at church every morning, seven days a week. But I'm not a religious person, but I'm a spiritual person, I, and I respect everybody's boundaries, whether they're Jews or, or Muslims or Catholic, you know, any Mormons. I I respect their perception of what is something greater. Of course, and a hundred percent. And even atheists, that's their religion is not believing in God. That's fine, mm-hmm. but I just um, there's an anger to it because you have to. You know, it's my grandmother always used to say, wear the cloak of life lightly. Mm-hmm. My grandmother from Brooklyn. And that's true as I get older. You know, you just can't clench it. And I think, and I'll stop, Chris, in a second. Jerry Seinfeld did a thing, uh, Comedians in Cars, and he went to Michael Richards and see him. Yeah. And he basically, and I think I said this before, he's like, I think you need to put that suitcase down. And he's like, it's so hard, Jerry, about what his screw up he did, you mm-hmm. know, and it's just but it's like, yeah, just put it down. Yep. And uh, but, yeah, there was an anger in it, uh, which is, I guess, works thematically. But it also um, when all the edges are hard, it's it's um, you're looking for an angle where it's you can comprehend it. You know, if, if the sculpture is like a Richard Chamberlain, where it's just massive metal. It's hard to interpret a shape in uh-huh. a way um, than it is another type of sculpture. If you know what I'm saying, it sounds strange. I, I but- think that's, I think that really grabs it. I think, cause I, I like, um, I, 
I, I'm this is a very interesting movie to me, and I think that fr- framing it in nine eleven is very is a really interesting way to put it. Um, but I think you really because I don't think I'm without I like this is, I don't not have issues with this movie. Uh, but it made I don't. me think. I think I, 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 it made me think very hard about what works and what doesn't work in this kind of a thing. And I think that a lot, a lot of it's very beautiful, but it's a much more. There's a bit. There's an anger and a bitterness to that movie that I was that was uh, it was unexpected. Yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah, and I think, and I think it's actually as much as the movie wants to pretend it's resolved, it is. No, actually, quite unresolved. In the it's end. missing a third act. Yeah, it is like it, because the ending. I was like that, like, That's and it. so, <laughs> like, like, the, but it doesn't want you because once they bring the gorilla in, they don't want you to come to any resolution <laughs> or be serious. I love that I will always be able to refer to this movie as the movie where Catherine Deneuve sleeps with the gorilla. The gorilla. <laughs> like that is amazing. That That's is basically what her agent said to her, but in this. French. <laughs> Catherine, Catherine. <laughs> so you sleep with a gorilla. Oh, uh, hmm, I've never done that. It'll be, uh, I've done all know. the French New Wave. That's I was right. considered I the greatest beauty of all sure France. From, yes, and exactly. now I get to sleep with a gorilla. Finally. I'm Finally. on this. Crowning yes. achievement in French film. You know who he reminds me of the filmmaker? And I thought it was a good film. Don't get me wrong. Really wonderful film. But like I said, there were these edges to it. And there was something underlining that was not um, seeing life as a whole. There's mm. absurdity in life, but there's a thing where the characters, maybe I'll say this way, the characters had an edge to them as though they had never, um, you know, wanted to closure, have closure, like I referenced earlier. Mm. But the thing is, the filmmaker didn't either. Yes. So it's all these angry views Spot. framed by somebody with anger, which doesn't you need this kind of something else to show the contrast. And when you say, you know what? Fuck you. I'm going to give a gorilla in here. Then it's like, okay, now you're just playing around. It's Lars von Trier. You're just screwing well, around. Yeah. That's it. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Cause like I, you're I, screwing I, around with me because you're smart and arrogant and you say, screw you or fuck you. I don't want to say, right? right. And that was it. That was the finger to me. And it's like, okay, I get it. But, well, look at, but before we go on, I think we should set a little context for what this movie is because nobody has seen this movie. I guarantee nobody. you, nobody in the audience nobody. has seen this movie. Um, uh, 2015 is when it was right. Yeah. Uh, I had never heard, I had never heard of this movie. Never and, heard of it. Uh, and so before we dig into it, I do want to, I want to say thanks to you guys. Thanks to you, Lily, for, uh, first of all, Picking a movie I've never heard of is uh, hard to pretty, do. It's pretty hard. <laughs> like, All three of tough. us have never heard. <laughs> like this is pretty. Great. And then you like, look oh. at a movie like this, and you're like, "This yeah, is something I probably this. should have been aware of." Yeah, like this is this is definitely it's definitely worth talking about. And uh, and I think that it's a uh, I think there's really beautiful moments and and things in this. A lot of the filmmaking is really great. But I, I also very much agree with Eric. Like there's there's something. What what is truly fascinating about this movie is in comparison to amelie it, it's very very revealing uh of the things of about about what what is going on for the filmmaker and i think that's very true so the setup of this thing for everybody who has not seen this which is our entire audience everybody? is that is that uh that uh god is uh a horrible abusive uh old man 
Uh, middle-aged middle, man. Middle, leaning Guy over. Guy in a button. wife beater and open robe, sweatpants, socks and yeah. sandals, the whole thing. He is uh, he is hideous and hateful in every possible. He's an odious personality who beats his kids. Like He's awful. He um, is, and his wife is completely just a shell of a person. Yes. And, and she is played by the same woman who played the concierge. Yes, in, in the Anna concierge. Way. Exactly. Right. Um, and God has total control over everything in the universe. He has total control via this old sort of computer. shitty PC. And, uh, and he types commands into the computer to design the world. And so there's, uh, at its root, the filmmaking is, uh, he's sadistic. It, he's sadistic. Yeah. He's yeah. taking out his own anger, uh, capriciously on the things that he has created. Right. He has no power outside of the computer. Like he right. can't do the whole like walk on water, water into yeah. wine thing that Jesus did. Right. He is completely powerless right. without this crap. He, he finds no beauty in anything he does. He's doing everything bitterly, vengefully, and uh, with complete uh, disdain. And, uh, and uh, he, finds it he, funny when people. He suffer. writes the laws, and the laws are all thing that make life like jam falls uh, toast falls jam side down or right that, you know, or the line next to you is always moving faster or, yeah you know, like all of these no matter what yeah exactly. or the no person you're in love with will never love you back like those kinds of right right and so like the <laughs> the, the the this is the universe as it's designed by this guy right and this guy and you see the creation of the universe in, in the same way that amelie presents you know builds its i world. like though the creation of the universe is he makes brussels he makes Brussels. Yeah, it's Brussels. Just, just Brussels. It's just, just first there was Brussels. Brussels. Right. It's right. like it's not Eden. It's Brussels, right. and there's some. And just fills great, it with animals. Yeah, there's great imagery. No, he section. tries different things. Like he's like, oh, it's just going to be chickens. So like suddenly there's just the whole the population is all chickens, and there are chickens in the movie theater looking at movies of chickens. Yes, it's it's, it's it's this this is my favorite stuff in the movie. It's just like it's so. It's so excellently bizarre, uh, and then like giraffes walking through the street and all this <laughs> other just otherworldly visuals. And there's there's plenty of that to come in this movie, but I I liked it most when there was almost no context. Like right. I was just like, well, it's kind of beautiful. Like Chicken World is sort of wild. Like Did I you watch that shot of like a tiger sitting in a hotel room watching yeah. TV. It's chilling. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> having the time down. of his life. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. a good tiger time. And like, uh, and like, so that's, that's what he, and he doesn't even see, he, uh, God does not see the beauty in any of this. Like he, it's just sort of random. Um, and, uh, and he's contempt, once he creates humans, he's contemptuous and, and, uh, and just screws with them at every possible turn and hates them. Right. He also hates his kids, uh, which are Jesus Christ, who, uh, ostensibly JC, 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 who has run away. Um, but he hasn't actually run away. He's just become a very, a miniature statue of himself that the mother keeps in the house. So it's, no, he did, he did run away. Well, he did run away. This is true. He ran away. He died. And now he's a statue that now he's is technically a statue. sentient, but right. no one knows about except and, and, for the daughter, except, except for the daughter. And so like the statue comes to life and it's still statue sized, but ends up talking with our main character. The main character is, um, yeah. is Ian. And that She's is a Jesus. 10 year old girl. So as everyone talks about. God's son, but they never talk about his daughter. I'm his his daughter. daughter. And yeah. he is the, the main character we're following as she, um, uh, is sick of her father's, uh, actions and cruelty. And by talking with JC works out this plan so she can go to earth and, uh, and change everything for everybody. And well, she wants to, she wants to, he's very abusive and he literally beats her with a belt. He literally beats her. Yeah. It's yeah. horrible. Yeah. It's pretty and, horrible. Oh, that was such a heartbreaking scene. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and one of the one of the ni- a very nicely done scene directorially. 
It's yeah. just like she goes they into the closet. They don't actually show the they yeah, don't actually I like show that aspect, but I didn't yeah. like the they, they just show him doing this. Yeah. yeah. And it makes it like it's to me that's way more and he says the things that really abusive people say all the time. He's like, yeah. look away from you. See how you made me. You right. see how you made me. You act. see what you made me do. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and like, so, and this, and this dude is getting over like <laughs> yeah. prop, props to the guy playing God because it's such a committed, unlikable performance the entire yeah. time. Like he is just like, I know nothing else that he's done. And yeah. if I ever see anything else that he's done, I'm just he was actually, think of him he was as actually God. a VFX as an evil God. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> he's a VFX supervisor. He's a VFX supervisor. <laughs> Yeah, like he's yeah, and uh, like I'm sure he gets mean looks in the streets of Brussels when he now tries to get work. But uh, yeah, so like she comes up with this plan. She breaks in. Well, the um, thing I think it was cool the way that they do that scene is that like it's it, like I said, it's a horrible scene. He beats her. He leaves the screen. Then she comes up out, and mm-hmm. she looks distraught, but she's like, yeah. So this is what happens. So this yep. is what happens. This is, this and then they change the lighting completely in the background, right? Like yeah. the, all the background goes black and then she's like in theater. the spotlight. Fox yeah, theater. she's forefronted as separate. That was what I really noticed was that this whole thing is being told by her in the past tense. Yes. Right. Right. And the whole thing was like her actually speaking is just her sitting there with like a with like a spotlight on her. And right. she's tell, she's the narrator of this whole story and she's telling it like it happened like two weeks ago or something. Right. 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 And yeah, and so the uh, so this well, the is first the, thing she wants to do is she wants to mess up his world. She wants to have revenge on him because of the way she was treated. Right. So, so she, she wants to mess up his role as God mm-hmm. and not have anyone trust or fear him anymore. Right. Right. Yeah. And the way that she does that is she sneaks up on him, grabs his key, gets into his office. Right. Where his special computer lives. Where his special <laughs> computer lives. Right. And she sends out a text message to everyone on the planet that tells them the exact amount of time left they have to live. Right. Down to the hundredth of a second. Right. They don't tell them how. Yeah. But it tells tells them how. You have 15 years, six days, blah, blah, blah to live. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I love the one of the woman, like they're all getting this news and it's like, you have 56 years, you have 12, uh, 12. And this one woman, she's in a bathtub. And she's she like says, two, yeah, minutes. two minutes two minutes she unplugs the, the, hair, the dryer. hair dryer she's like <laughs> trying to keep from dying yeah, no no don't do that and then she's like oh these things are on the shelf are a little too high and then the entire armoire falls on top yeah. that's <laughs> the best there's, one of the whole film yeah like there, there's multiple instances where the fact that they discovered what the date was causes their death like, like right. that is the mechanism that of their death it, is not the one he was reading his text about. message and yeah. he gets hit yes <laughs> exactly two well, three, two, one, bang. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so like, yeah, I, I think that that's, that's the stuff, like, that's all the stuff that I, like the setup is really, is really clear. Like it's almost like Hollywood movie script clear. Like it was just right. like, this, this is a great gag. I don't, and, it almost feels like an M. Night Shyamalan thing. Imagine. Yeah. It's really, you know, well, it's in a, in a, in a good way where it's exactly a, it's a very die. clean, uh, setup, you know, right. in terms of a good storytelling device. And she's going to, and they even sort of give, um, uh, like Amelie is a little bit, is loosey goosey in how it does this, but it's essentially the same thing where she's like, and I will get six okay. more apostles, um, to create a brand new testament, uh, for the, for the human race, right? Because it's like, six, because like 12, which is Jesus's apostles plus her new apostles is going to be 18, like a baseball team. Like a baseball because team. Because her like mother loves baseball. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so like that, like all, I like, love the death note comparison. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a good call. That's a very good call. Yeah. Because I, I really, I feel like that's the, like, man, it's like, it is a, just to bring up 
uh, right on DeathNet. DeathNet, it's amazing how much mileage you can get out of the simplest gag if you think it through. Mm-hmm. Like Death Note is just like endless iterations on what this means. And uh, like, there's, oh, go ahead. No, no, sorry, continue. Yeah, like, and I think that that is the, like, that is when I, when I hear like a really, really, uh, like I just saw, for instance, um, I'm about to shred a movie, which I rarely ever do. I saw Renfield uh with nicholas cage and i love nicholas cage and i love nicholas holt and i love the concept as soon as i heard the concept for renfield mm-hmm. i was like yes let's do this yeah it was okay <laughs> and it was i'm gonna say terrible that was not just it was the fact that it was okay is one of the biggest disappointments, disappointments you could yeah. possibly it, have it, it, for a movie that should have been better than okay like it gave me a shitty Cinemax cop movie instead of doing anything with its premise literally at all, like at all, right. you know, a vaguely well, you know, middle of the road TV movie where you have all this power and this incredible concept and you do like literally nothing at all with it. Um, yeah. and it's, it's so irresponsible. Where did you see it? Uh, I rented it. Thank if I had seen it in the movie theater, I would have been, I would have been arrested for screaming in the street. What is the so Renfield? Pissed. Is that the one? Where so, they hire him as the movie actor? No, no, that's uh, that's that also is, not a that's like that's a great performance. That movie's a great performance. It's a good performance. Yeah. It's uh, it's the unbearable weight of being... weight of massive talent. Yeah, no, the unbearable weight of massive talent. Yes, yeah. right. And so the that's uh, a good one. yeah, and like uh, that's I mean, like if you love Nicolas Cage, that's that's the ride to go on. Like if if you're into it, like that's just a celebration. I'm not so. Yeah, so there he is. There it is. If you don't love Nicolas Cage, see I love Man- him in, Mandy. In, in basically uh, Moonstruck. Uh, no, didn't like him in Moonstruck. I only like him in uh, Rockin' Good um, in uh, uh, the H.I. Wild, yeah. Wild at Heart. Uh, no. Nope. Oh, okay, Wild at Heart, Raising Arizona. Home Brothers, Raising Arizona. Raising right, Arizona. and we also liked him in the Kathleen Turner time travel movie. Yes. What? Yeah. Let's... We covered that on the Martini Giant. What's the name of it? Which, Francis Ford Coppola directed it. Oh, oh, that's Sally, a really good one. That's uh, uh, um, Debbie uh, Lou. No, yes, uh, Peggy, Peggy Sue got married. Peggy Sue got married. That's there you it. go. But yes, close. Uh, I would add to your list. You you should see Pig and Bandy. I've seen Bandy. Pig. Yeah, I like these Pig. Are, these are brilliant movies. Pig However, was, Renfield, Pig Renfield, interesting. Renfield is 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 pure poison. It's awful, and I'm embarrassed for everybody who's associated with that movie. So, uh, the there's the pull quote for you, Universal. (laughs) However, um, so uh, before I... So, I I have some critiques about this movie that are in the same sort of ballpark, but I'm on Eric's side, where I'm just like, it isn't that they don't make use of the... they, They make maximal use of the of the setup and there's uh, there's incredible imagery in this movie and i and i recommend it but i really recommended i watching it with amelie <laughs> like i think that that's actually an important part of appreciating this movie because of what eric said one is made by what well, these are the same movie one is made by a, a filmmaker who has come to peace and one is made by a filmmaker who has not that is a very good that is very true so that's like, this is like, so anything I say is not Renfield criticism. It's like, this is a really interesting, struggling, uh, artistic experience right. because the person who made this movie is super pissed off. Like, yeah, 
it's like if i made a movie about renfield today it would be like this <laughs> like i am mad and i'm going to make a movie about how mad i am and so that's why in the end like i said like it doesn't feel unresolved like the ending to me uh not only feels unresolved it feels like it feels weirdly like it was made by the evil god like forcing me like a, like forcing me into this into this world I may or may not want, you know? And I was like, this is, this is not fully emotionally thought through. It's not, it's a high production value. Oh yeah. 100%. Big. This is not an indie film. There's a lot of, yeah. 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 You have a gorilla. There's nothing to move. (laughs) (laughs) When it got to that, I was like, Okay, I'm there. I'm with you. Yeah. I knew about the gorilla thing. And when he said, like, when the credits were rolling, or the the, the beginning credits were going, he goes, oh, my God, she's like the Meryl Streep of Belgium. I was like, oh, no, she's the one that uh, 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 – Yeah. 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 (laughs) She is French. The movie is Belgian. Yes. Right. The Meryl Streep of Europe. Yes. And my first thought was, uh oh, she's the one that falls in love with the gorilla, isn't yeah. she? <laughs> That's the way. I, if if I had Meryl Streep, I'd get the gorilla. I'd rent that gorilla costume. <laughs> I I I I listen. There's a. I I 100 agree with you that the anger that's involved in this film, yeah. and the fact that it's missing an ending. But I love, I love films that have absurdities to them. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Completely. And and they also do the similar thing to Amelie where. You know, she's going to find her six apostles, right? Yes. Right. And so as she do that, there is a strong narrative behind each one, right? Mm-hmm. It's very similar to Amelie where you find out their whole backstory as yes. you go through this process. And, um, and so it's essentially a collection of short character stories that are intertwined mm-hmm. as – There was even one where she made two of them fall in love. Like there's even that. Exactly. That happens. Exactly. Exactly. And so I'm sure that the guy who made this is a big Amelie fan. Right there, there's like microphone, microphone, microphone. There's nods to Amelie in this movie, and there's like very specific filmic nods all over the place. And specifically, I sent you guys this one in Discord. Oh yeah, there is a there is a reference to a movie that is yes, (laughs) that is a much more like that is actually the movie that this guy. uh, There's no way he could not have done that scene. There's a scene, Lily, remember where she makes the milk cups. Go on the table. She yeah, the she, she, she makes it slide over. Stone cold from the end of the it's from the end of the movie Stalker. Yeah, and it's Stalker exactly. Stalker is a is a is an angry, sad movie about how uh, blighted uh, the world has become, and uh, and so this guy is trying to make Amelie out of Stalker. <laughs> yeah and it's uh that is these are these are contrary flavors and uh and so that's that's where the that's where the tension of the film comes from and it's also sort of the issues i have with the film and i first of all recommend everybody see stalker it's literally one of the best movies ever made um but once i saw that shot i was like ah, uh, i'm glad i i'm glad i know what that is because it helps me understand what he where he's coming from what he's trying to do yeah for sure 100 um. Okay, so she goes to find her. She, what she she escapes the apartment by putting through in, a washing machine. Through a washing machine, Excellent. which reminds me a little bit of Glitch, which is yeah. literally directly from Glitch. I was like, how did I rip this off without That's seeing right. it? <laughs> it's a, for everybody else, it's a short film that I'm just about to release. 
that has a lot of the same sort of like crazy, you know, like you set the dial on this and that on the thing, and then <laughs> suddenly like a, a tunnel to the outside like, will appear. And, we, and it's in a laundromat. It's this. I was just like, oh, great. Now everyone's going to think I'm Belgian. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But yes, yeah, that's a, it's a, it's a great scene. It's really funny. And I love how like long it's like, imagine if you took like she gets there through the washing machine and come through the washing machine in God's house and comes out in a laundromat. Right. And the right. tunnel between is like, uh, an 800 mile long washing ma- washing machine roller, you know. And so, yeah, it takes like it takes her a couple hours to get through. Yeah, the whole exactly. Thing. And so she's like crawling and crawling and crawling and crawling. And then when he goes after her, like he's much he, bigger. He's a he's this fat dude. He's like trying to squeeze through this thing, and that's like like you can't get better than that. Like grouchy old man trying to pull himself through it, a mile long metal tube. That's a movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was pissed off. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was great. They no. both ate a burger out of the trash, except one of them. It what? It's like bad ending versus good ending. She yes. got beat up by a gang, and she exactly. got like advice from an old from a right. homeless man. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But well, yeah. So the oh, go ahead, please. So so she she gets through, and you know she's experiencing the real world, right? And it's raining, and she's excited about rain and all this different thing. She's she tries to eat a burger out of the trash can. <laughs> And she's very excited about that, but ends up throwing up. <laughs> and then it was the, in the trash can. Because it was in the trash can. <laughs> that, there's no way from that to not make me feel actually ill when I watch it. That, any movie at all. That's the. I'm just like, right. it's horrible. Like I'll watch uh, the aforementioned decapitations. No problem. <laughs> Eating a burger out of the trash. I'm running. <laughs> <laughs> Instant reaction. Instant reaction. So how did you feel about the eclair scene in Seinfeld? No, I'm 100%. What are you doing? It's past the magic <laughs> barrier. Yeah, it's, George George is at a party and he sees Claire. Oh, it's in a. It's it was on above the, the rim. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's as bad as the as the the that, like that's only topped by the toothbrush in the in the toilet being oh. hidden. Like oh. like when you just go like no, I, I can't watch this now. I can't watch this now. <laughs> I can no longer watch there's any episode about, of the show. There's something about the gastrointestinal system that in horror movies when it's utilized makes its whole audience uncomfortable. It's, yeah, it rings. Like, like, it's like, like think like human centipede uncomfortable. Yeah, with exactly, that. dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that that kind of that kind of stuff. I mean, like I still, I because I'm broken in my head. Like I still intentionally watch movies with this kind of stuff because it makes me feel awful. Like I'll watch Ooh. a horror movie and I'll be like, "That is horrifying." Everyone should see this; it's amazing. And meanwhile, I'm like vomiting. <laughs> Do you remember I, when I, Car- the first Carl one's was quite really good. into Human Centipede? He was like kept talking about it. It's a, that is a that's an excellent B movie. That's a really good B horror. It is movie. a very interesting yeah. film. Yeah, are that's you good. serious? Absolutely. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like it's the Japanese one. No, no, no. no. The, uh, it's what it's German? German. Yeah. What year? Two thousand two, yeah, like yeah, it's 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 been a while. There are three of them now, and no, twenty eleven, yeah, and it's uh, it's like twenty eleven, yeah. So one of the guys from my acting class in L.A. was one of the centipede guys. Oh, that's great! Like, if you want to see a really (laughs) trash, the first one is really good. The other two are terrible. Well, yeah, the other two just take the joke too far. Like they just revel in in the nastiness, and it stops being a movie. Right. Um, and whereas the, cause the, the second one tries to become basically an art film commentary on what you're doing by watching this. And I get what they're doing, but I get it in the first like two or three minutes and it doesn't have anything else to say. And it's just nasty. But the first one is just like, you know, what's fun 
really nasty horror and they just make a fun movie. It's nasty as hell. But and the guy, the guy, the, ba- the bad guy is just. Oh, he's like, it's a Dieter Laser. The guy's name is Dieter Laser. Like how can, <laughs> like how can he, he's, he's exact, he's like Nazi accent, not German accent, Nazi accent. <laughs> you know, it's the last we will do this crazy thing. <laughs> like, uh, I'm in. <laughs> you will be my middle. <laughs> yes. I, my family is German and there's the difference between sounding German and sounding like Dieter Laser. <laughs> like, yes. That's a whole different thing. But yes, so like the that this this movie was very effective at doing what Amelie does, which is like combining the visual with the physical reactions. They do that a couple of times, both in very uh, good feeling ways and a couple of bad feeling ways. But I, yep. I think that guy's a very skilled filmmaker. Both counts. So uh, she needs the first thing she needs is she needs a writer because she can't write. A scribe, yeah, a scribe. yeah. She never she never learned how to read or write. Which is funny because she can use the computer and she did all that stuff. But that doesn't matter. Yeah, it's, okay. yeah Maybe she can read. I don't think she can write them. I don't right. know. She can't write. So yeah. she asked the homeless guy to help. Her. He's like, you're going to be my writer. You're going to write down all the stories. He's like, I can sort of write, but I'm dyslexic. So. Yeah. And he didn't have a cell phone, so he doesn't know when he's going to die. He's like, right. yeah, he, that's the other. He's like, do you know when you're going to die? He's like, no, I don't have a cell phone. Right. I don't. <laughs> like him, him squinting as he's trying to write. The, I, that was such a funny little. Because like while she was talking, to, yeah. <laughs> and they're telling their very, very personal stories. Like, how do you spell that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a good gag. Yeah, they, and I really, in particular, I really liked that actor. Like the guy he was, was playing, very good. Yeah, he was really he had really a charming look to him, and he and he and he played very, in this very uh, gentle way that was welcome in that movie. Like it was, it was, a, yeah. You know, like the whole thing of like her following him around and he's like, stop following me. What are you doing? And then like the next scene is him holding her on his back yeah, as they're that's walking. A, it's and a great, like, oh. that's a beautiful cut. You're right. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's like a, a, that very quickly endeared him to me and it was very, very effective. I like that quite a bit. Right. 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 Oh, also she randomly picked six people out of a drawer. In yeah. She, she, he, he yeah. has like files all over the walls and she just opens one. Like, oh, well, and those are her scribes. <laughs> just those. I've heard now our background is the, is the office. There you go. There we go. Hey. File, file cabinets. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay. So she just picks six people. And yeah, I guess they needed something. It was weird. It's like, yeah, I had 12 because that's how many people you have on a, uh, hockey team. team. Yeah. That's right. right. And it's like, it's like, if you pick six, mom is obsessed with baseball. That's 18. I don't even know there's 18 people on a baseball team. Maybe there is 18 people. I don't know. Anyway. The, the whole thing was he was like, listen, no. 12 scribes. And he, he made this funny little like Judas poke. He was like, 12 scribes. It got a little messy. It got a little messy. Hey. You know. <laughs> it's not perfect. <laughs> so maybe go with a smaller number. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they like, uh, and yeah, I think it's because like, you have nine players on a team on the field, and two teams make up eighteen. So if you're talking about the entire baseball game, it is eighteen people on the field. I believe that's the case. I'm not a sports person. Really? That's my guess. I don't know. Anyway, so ask me about sports. Like, I'll tell you if I know what it is. <laughs> so the other thing that's funny is that every, with every disciple that she finds, or apostle, sorry. Uh, that she finds the painting of Jesus and the apostle keeps changing as more, more people get added to right. the apostles. Right. I like that. That yeah. was really clever. Yeah, that was That good. was funny. I lo- <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's got a little note. Like, well, let's just, go like through... this random guy with glasses just shows up, and she's yeah. like, one, two, three, four, six, <laughs> 11, 12, <laughs> 13. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so, okay, so let's go through the apostle. The first apostle is a very reclusive woman mm-hmm. who is, they say, is very, very pretty, and all the men in her building are in love with her. <laughs> And all the women hate her because and all the women hate her and call her a, call her a whore, whatever, right? right? Yeah. And it's like it says two of the men are over eighty four and one of them is under nine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. uh, and then they show like this like scene of like of like 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 five or six guys on a balcony and two of them are like really old and one of them is like a little kid. Yeah, right. this little like it's like a line of dudes in this one. <laughs> Uh, and then they also introduced the fact that she had a tragedy that happened to her when she was uh, a kid and she lost her arm. So she is an amputee, mm-hmm. right? Which has an artificial arm. Artificial arm. Yeah. Right. And it's an important part of the plot. Mm-hmm. Right? This is true. This is true. And, and uh, <laughs> go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was going to ask if, we're, if we should describe all of the apostles and then talk about how they interrelate or talk about the story of each apostle individually. Uh, we can do that. We can talk about all the apostles. Yeah, because there's so uh, the, the second apostle is a guy who hates his job. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is uh, had a very boring life. Just you know, think accountant or something like that. Has not never been married or anything. Think accountant. Think accountant. <laughs> Poor accountants, man. They get a I know. So very useful down that there is just. Like, I had oh, I had weird mixed me? opinions about the second one. Like he just kind of showed up and then blipped off. Yeah, he, like, doesn't, he doesn't have to. He doesn't, he's That's never the come point. back. They said or... he doesn't need to. Well, he goes to the North Pole. But right. uh, what happens is when he found out how much time is left in his life, yeah. he's like, why am I doing this? And just stopped right. going to work. Right. right. And so he ends up just going to the park and hanging out at the park. At which point a starling comes by and becomes friends with the starling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Starling CG wasn't that great. The animation was no. That it actually the black levels were bad. Yeah, yeah, it's like it, it, didn't, it was it slightly didn't, more the comp than than the animation. Yeah, it was the comp issue because it was yeah. definitely not blending right. I was like, God, right. they, they did, the animation they did also was not. Mm. Yeah, well, it was uh, there was like the this. I'm sorry, we get all VFXy sometimes. The like the the distant shots were better than the close-ups, and then the like the distant shots it acted like a bird, and the close-ups it acted like a Disney bird. Yeah. And right. that was that was the and the and it wasn't comp right and and the comp was off. It looked like uh, but it, what what are those things we used to have uh, little rubber uh, stick on Scooby Doo things? You'd put them rubber in rubber bird, rubber bird. You know, remember the game rubber bird? We're making yeah, rubber bird, rubber bird. Where are you? Uh, right? the, the, and then you picture, throw picture dice of the person, of a, and if you hit them in the head, you get a point. And everyone screams rubber points. bird, and then yeah, you yeah. owe each other fifty bucks. That's right. Okay, that's fine. Anyway, it reminds fifty me or fifty two dollars. It depends. <laughs> it's uh, pre or post eighty. Okay. All right. So <laughs> uh, anyway, he the the she talks to him in the park and they have this, you know, conversation. She can translate what the bird is saying and the bird is saying, "Why do you uh, he's like, "I wonder why the bird doesn't leave. He has anywhere to go." And the bird says, "I'm wondering why you don't leave too." At which point mm-hmm. he just does. Yeah, right. And that's the end. He just follows the bird. He just yeah. follows the Off. bird. So translation done. And then the the scribe says, do you need to have the apostle with you? 
I was like, I, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> He's just an apostle. Like the, like, like the talking to the bird was just like a, a miracle. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. She performed. Yeah, she has to make these very, very small miracles. And I was like, I can't do the wine thing or I can't do that. Like to pr- to my prove. favorite. My favorite. To prove, yeah. Yeah, right. And uh, <laughs> when, my favorite is when she's talking to the trans kid. <laughs> and it's just like, can you do, do any miracles? And he's like, he's like, no, I can duplicate a ham sandwich. <laughs> she's like, you can duplicate a ham sandwich? <laughs> sometimes like, the ham not, is missing. Sometimes the ham is missing. <laughs> That was that was a cool. Or yeah. What was the where she literally just like walked on water and she just mm. yeah exactly yeah. Like, these, these very smart little gags that I liked very much. I mean, they're, like I like those little throwaway notes like that. That was very good. Yes. Um. And so you and then you have uh, so you have him. You have the uh, the assassin. No. Well, the third per- the oh, third sorry, one the third is one. that she meets is the is the guy who's uh, the, the 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 sex crazed guy. Oh yeah. Oh yes, right, right, right. So we find out a couple things about him. He's an interesting character. He's uh, he he found out when he was going to die that he could he had home so many days and he just emptied out his bank account. He says he's got two hundred uh, uh, euros per day that he can spend right. uh, for the rest of his life, and then he decides he's going to go to sex shows and to prostitutes. Right. Every day, right? right. Uh, so she, as Lily was saying, he's at one of those sex shows where he's just sitting in a window, very uh, Paris, Texas kind of yeah, scene. Like right? Wall comes up and wall has, comes up, yeah. and he's just watching a stripper. Um, and the girl talks to him while the sex show is going on, right. which is awkward. Yeah. Like there's a shot of like both of their backs. Same and, Emily, like, though. The stripper, like yes, right. right. But there's no kid. It's a, yeah, it's like she was a kid, right? Yeah, so it's it's made to make you feel like, uh, you know, sort of put a put off, you know, just like this is this is feeling very bizarre. It makes her it sort of makes her feel more alien and removed because right. she is a she is completely above this scene in that scene, uh, and it makes you feel kind of worse for the guy where you're just like, don't you feel weird about this? <laughs> like this, right. like this is you're so desperate and and in your own zone that you don't. Like you're not, you're not changing your act. Yeah. And so it's a, it's a pretty effective, it's a pretty effective uh, routine. The thing that we also find out about him is that the the first place he first fell or figured anything out sexually is, and he was on vacation uh, by the seaside mm-hmm. and he saw, uh, they were staying in, in, uh, in, uh, mobile campers. Right. Right. Uh, and he sees the Germans, had a girl, young girl there, and she shows up in a blue bikini, and he's, ever since then he's completely he's fixated, completely. fixated on yeah, her, right. right? Completely fixated on her. Uh, so that is an interesting thing as well. But that's that's where he got all of his interest, where everything happened. Right. The uh, the the uh, Ea tells him, "Is like you have a really good voice. You should use your voice <laughs> more often." Mm-hmm. At which point he does voiceovers for porn, <laughs> right? Which is a weird echo of Love Actually. Yes, right. <laughs> I was like, strange call out right there. But yes, this is Love Actually, right? <laughs> my, possibly my favorite story from Love Actually, actually, comma actually. You know what? I have you guys ever? What's the guy's name? Uh, he did a movie called The Adjuster. 
the adjuster. Oh, uh, yes, yes. Um, oh, it's going to come to me in a second. I know who you're talking about. Please go ahead. The adjuster. Adam McGoyan. Uh, Adam McGoyan. I think. Yes. Yes. But that was a strange one, too, where mm-hmm. there was a scene where basically the his wife like reviewed hardcore films and had to give ratings for different <laughs> right, things right, right. about things. And right. she's just very strange. Right. Um, but anyway, uh, so, but when he does the voiceover, he's sitting next to a woman who's doing the female voice for the, for the porn as well. Mm-hmm. Right. And then they're like, Oh, that was very good. You know, we'll, we'll get to the next tape. And then he finds out that she's the German girl. Yes. And they right. falls in love with her again. And they sort of meet up again, which is interesting. All right. So that was the third one. Then the assassin. Fourth one was the assassin. Yeah. yeah. Fourth one is the assassin. Right. Because the fifth one was the gorilla, was the, not the gorilla, the woman Catrina who falls in love with the gorilla. Yeah. <laughs> Could have been. The I'm gorilla. not going to, I'm not going to try to pronounce it. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, the, the assassin is a guy who's like his, his backstory is that he has always been obsessed with death always like he's killed ants and whatnot since he was a little kid. Yep. And now, uh, that, uh, now everyone knows when they're going to die. Right. So now he's like, Oh, it's not my fault. (laughs) He's not to blame. If if one of his bullets kills someone, if he misses, then it wasn't their day. And if he hits, then they're going to die anyway. And, uh, so he can, he can revel in his freedom to, uh, to kill to, people. To kill people. He's also um, extremely unhappy. His, yes. He, he, his that, wife, he's yeah. in a loveless that marriage. That character bothered me. I just... I think that character is a key to understanding the issues with the film. <laughs> I'm it just going to say that right. I'm going to put a pin in that one right now. Was, that was another interesting shot, how basically he was lying by a tree with like the shotgun getting ready to, I don't mm-hmm. know, find a target... And then this ten-year-old girl just comes up and lies yeah. down next to him. This, and I was this like, is actually, my, and he didn't my seem favorite. shocked at all. Right, right. And I love this scene where she encourages him to shoot the woman. Is terrific. Like that's unexpected. Uh, well, that's the thing, right? Because that was the other miracle she performed. Yes, that's the miracle. So she says, "Oh, you're going to shoot the next person in the next five seconds that comes by. You should shoot that person." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "What five? Four, three, and it's the woman, the first apostle who's walking mm, on the bridge. Right. And first off, he can't shoot. Like he's just like suddenly is. He doesn't even have bullets in his. Right. He is like he. She's put the bullet in and <laughs> get rid of. And so he does. And like he's ramped up to do this. And then when it comes down, she's like fire, and he can't do it. So that says a lot about him. Actually, that reveals a little bit about him. Um, and then when finally he does shoot, after she's like fire, 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 and pushes him to do it, uh, he. Shoots her in the arm, and but, she doesn't react because it's her just, artificial arm. That she lost. Right, right, exactly. But it is the thing that connects him to that apostle, as he said, and is the path to setting him free. He falls in love with her because he cannot kill her. Right, right. The other thing that I thought was interesting is he rides. Interesting thing. He say. follows her. He gets on the elevator with her. Mm-hmm. slowly touches her. He doesn't realize that her, her, her arm is artificial. She, mm-hmm. He thinks she's just a miracle, right? Right. He slowly touches her hand on the elevator, but it's her artificial hand. Artificial hand. Yeah. So, so like, he thinks react. her, like, he thinks her lack of reaction is, like, like 
For accepting. Acceptance of, yes, of his exactly. touch. Right. And I was like, oh, that's classic misunderstanding. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Right. So but it's he, pretty, he, pretty yeah. interesting that way. But he is, he is definitely a difficult character. Yeah. To match. Yeah. Like he's, like, I think he is definitely like, it's the most interesting to me because it, whether or not the filmmaker realize it, that's like, that's closer to the filmmaker than any other character. Right. Like, this is a person who wants to kill everybody. <laughs> like he wants to kill all the bad people in the world. Right. Like he is so he, he wants to feel love. He can't uh, do that because he also feels betrayed by God. He's also he, the he most is betrayed pathetic because when he professes yes. love to her, he looks, comes across as such a pathetic person. Yes. Oh and yeah. So, uh, so like the, like, I don't know whether the movie maker is aware that this is the sort of, uh, self-revelatory character but that that's my takeaway i was like i think the filmmaker thinks that he is uh the little girl but in actuality he is the assassin yes and that's why i agree the the the, that's why the movie is a little askew (laughs) right so yeah this like it is a it's a very it's a very troubling story i like i like troubling stories uh even when they're not on purpose, because uh, the, right. uh, the troubling stuff is what really reveals a lot about what's actually going on. Correct. The, the fifth apostle is what's her name again? No. Really, Catherine no. Deneuve, Catherine the lady Deneuve. who falls in love with the gorilla. Catherine Deneuve from a, a, a string of incredible movies. Start at the top. If anyone's seen it, Belle du Jour. Uh, well, she was also, you remembered, uh, she was in Masculine Feminine, she was in Masculine Feminine, yes, absolutely. Oh, she's so good. Yeah, she's, she's one so of the good. great actors of, all of the earth. <laughs> of this planet, yes. 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 Towering Inferno? Towering Inferno. Was she really in Towering Inferno? No. I, I wouldn't be surprised if fucking Paul Newman's in Towering Inferno. <laughs> Let's see, where are some of the great films that she's done? I'm just going to just pull it up here just to see. Yeah, yeah it's hard to go wrong with Catherine. It's hard to go wrong with her. Uh, she is known for Belle du Jour, Repulsion Dancers uh, in the Dark. Repulsion is fucking Repulsion. crazy. That's a great movie. A great movie. It's a uh, Roman Polanski movie, so you know there. That's a warning in itself, but it is a very, very good movie. She's still making movies, man. Oh, she's still doing. Yeah, she's still rocking. She's still rocking. She's, she's got a, a million movie movies. called Habib de uh, La Grande Aventure. Yeah, she is. Uh, she is a completely fearless actor, and does. All sorts of crazy shit, and I really, really appreciate her work. Features. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Really, big, really good. Big filmography. Check it out. She's awesome. And she sleeps with a gorilla in this movie, so there you go. <laughs> a Slightly Pregnant Man. I've seen that one. That's a yep. funny movie. Uh, yeah. Anyway. She's a really, really great. But the thing that she is, and I think she's, she's, she's in a sense, I appreciate the casting of this mm-hmm. because she is kind of the right attitude of that person. Like she's the <laughs> right age, the right look, right? She, she's, she plays a woman who is, you know, elderly. So it's probably supposed to be in her late sixties or seventies. Mm-hmm. She's married to a man who really just doesn't care for her at all right. but he's very rich right obviously a very successful businessman who's never there so right. she is abandoned in this nice house takes care of her shoes puts them in order that kind of stuff 
but very Takes all the things out of a purse and cleans the purse and put yep, them all back yep. in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But she's obviously very, very lonely. Mm-hmm. Very, very lonely. Uh, and, and upset about that. And, uh, she drives on the street and then notices male prostitutes there. Mm-hmm. And that was a, it, it presented a little unclear, but I think that was what they yeah, were that's, going I for. think that's the idea. Yeah. yeah oh yeah. Yeah. No, they're, they're, they're gigolos. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. It was funny. There was my, my, uh, a friend of mine, uh, he was a DD. He said he used to go to this um, coffee shop in Brent. Was it Brentwood? But apparently, he says every time I go there, there is a guy there, and an old uh, a, a woman, an older woman, would sit with him, and then they would leave together. And it <laughs> happens different women, different. But they always met at that coffee shop. And he's like, I'm pretty sure he's a chickalo <laughs> for all these bored Brentwood housewives. <laughs> hey, man, that's good work if you can get it. I bet that's a pretty high price tag in Brentwood. <laughs> right. Right, right, not right. Bad. Not but bad. she she ends up basically, you know, not getting with the guy, right? Mm-hmm. But she's she's very ashamed of it and, and shy um, and you know, the guy, he, she gives him the money, but he steals the rest of her money. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's not working out too well. Right. But, uh, Ia takes care of her and takes her. She, uh, oh, this is the other thing she does. The music. Every, the music. It's like everyone has a, she says, I can hear everyone's music. So your music is Handel. Your music is this. And you look at her. She's a very, just a sad woman. And she goes, your music is circus music. Yeah, right. <laughs> so they go to the circus. So they go to the circus, and in the circus, they see a gorilla in a cage who she falls in love with. I love how fast this happens. This is my favorite yeah. part of it. It's just sort no, of like she just like they do like the ET thing where she touches his but finger also, and then she just goes and buys we, him. Uh, there was a lot of wings and desire by the time we did that. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it was just like, um, yeah, it, that it became. But to see that to do that and to go to the nostalgic thing of the circus and then it goes one step farther. It gets out of that plane they're in where right. it's it's not making it up as you go. But there was a little bit of a well. It's, to me, it's not like oh they lost me here, but it was definitely like well, it's definitely thrown in to, to break the movie intentionally in some way. Like you don't you can't put Catherine Deneuve you can barely put Catherine Deneuve in your movie without breaking it if nobody else is. Of the same caliber as her, but let alone, but you don't casting because... her opposite a gorilla like that's such it's such a ludicrous idea. Yeah, like that, like it, like it'd be one thing if it was a non a no name actor who falls in love with a gorilla, but it's Catherine Deneuve falls in love with a gorilla. That's I think like that's what makes pure the, absurdist. I think that's what makes it ironic. Yes. Yeah, like it's just it's just absolute. But it takes it just to another a different point now. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, I and, think that it's a. I think that if. If I didn't have other issues with the movie, this might work. Uh, but it, it breaks it and I go like, okay, well, you broke it. Why? <laughs> like, right. why, why did you choose to break it? It's, it's not that it's bad. It's not that it's not interesting, but I'm, but I it don't. It was a stunt. It's, a yeah, it comes, it comes that, off. It, it doesn't. It diminishes the rest of your work. It doesn't, con- it doesn't, for me, it didn't connect uh, with any core statement. 
primarily because the core statement is very vague. Um, and, uh, I feel like if they had sharpened up their game on everything else, I would, I totally am into throw the fucking gorilla in there, man. Absolutely. Like you gotta, like you gotta commit to, you gotta commit to the swing and like that. So he has the right level of courage as a filmmaker to do that. But sometimes it's a swing and a miss. And I think that, uh, that's, you, you sounded that's, like Tommy Lasorda right there. I was yeah, trying for Yogi Berra, but I appreciate it. Commit to the swing. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta follow through the swing. And, uh, like I, I, I hate it more when filmmakers, Renfield, if you're listening, uh, like if you, if you, if you wind up for the swing and then give a really tentative, like maybe, oh, it's a bunt, you know, like that's way more offensive to me. But a big swing is a big risk. And it, I think for you and for me, that didn't, that didn't pay off of itself. I, I thought it was funny, but it doesn't connect with anything else. Is that, is that about right? Yes. For me. Yeah. Yes. We are on the same page. Yeah. And that's not a problem with the gorilla bit. That's like, that's a problem with the, the rest of the movie. Yeah. And, uh, because if they had built the rest of the movie, then the gorilla had sharp edges. Yeah, it, it the, the gorilla bits the cherry on a Sunday if they got their act together with the other stuff. The the it's the the god and the priest and all that is one that, was, that was yeah. that was that right. was funny though. Yeah, yeah it's, it's funny, yeah, exactly. but it's the problem. <laughs> yeah, like oh, this is like this is the thing is like I think this is a very like I think this is a a very a very funny and occasionally very beautiful movie. Like yeah. I like. Without, like, I think we'd say the last, talking about the end till the end. Uh, but like, to talk about the stories of the apostles, like, the, the bit with the woman and her dream of the dancing hand is like, that's a, just a great little short film. Like, that's right. a really lovely little, it doesn't, like, that doesn't have to be a statement that's literalized for me. Like, I get the vibe, I get the feeling of it. And, uh, that worked very, very well. You know, and I think there's lots of, there's loads of little moments like that that I'm just like, there's a, there's like, there's real skill going on. Like there, he has something that he really wants to say. I'm just not sure if he knows what it is. Right. You know? Well, there's, there, I had one part of the problem. Like, so, so she ends up in bed with the gorilla, which is really funny. Mm-hmm. Right. And her husband comes home and the gorilla scares the crap out of her husband. And she's happy that she could stay with the gorilla and screw the husband. Right. Yeah. Right. Also, the 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 big thing that happened with her husband is that he found out they both found out how long how much they have to live. She has like five years, and he had like twenty years, twenty years, whatever it is. And so he was relieved of this, right? right? Thank God I only put up with you for five years. And so this is what (laughs) really set her into a tailspin as well, right? Which was also kind of a funny part of it. But when the gorilla's there and she's having sex with the gorilla. And the guy comes over and the gorilla threatens the guy. He's scared, right? Right. Which runs we've out established. So like Laurel they, and Hardy. They, but they, but well, we've, we've established through this plot a little bit. The thing that bothers me is like people aren't scared of death anymore because they know exactly when they're going to they're die. They're going to die. Yeah. Like so w- he, there's no reason to be fearful. And right? it would be more interesting if he got courage from knowing he wasn't going to die for 20 years. Like, and he stood up, right? And he's just like, 
I'm standing up against your dumb gorilla. And then right. the gorilla breaks every bone in his body and right. fractures yeah. his skull. And he's in a hospital for 25 years. Right. <laughs> like, Which is, yes, that would be funny. Like, now, the big, thing, obviously, the big thing, obviously, that the, the reason that we should mention also the reason that God is very pissed off is that now no one has any – they have no reason to fear him because they know when they're going to be dying. Right? Right. And so that's the thing that he's lost all credibility. He can't do anything about it. No one gives a crap. Right. right. Because and it's sort of also like the consequences of knowing if you knew exactly when you were going to die, you would do things differently in life. Right. right. Then they make a parody of that, too, where there's the guy who's the thrill seeker who says, I'm not going to die for another 56 years. And he keeps jumping off of jumping buildings off of and jumping off planes, yeah. buildings and whatnot. And he's still living and surviving. He makes it basically he's like a YouTube star. Yeah, from, yeah like, he's like, I got 62 years left. This isn't going to kill me, so let's see what happens. Let's like, see what happens. You know. yeah. Yeah, there was exactly. a movie yeah. like that, wasn't it? Oh, it's, uh, what's it called? Bill Murray. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's essentially Groundhog Day, right? That's yeah. a Groundhog Day element. Um, and <laughs> right. also a slightly more obscure movie uh, that I think is playing on Tubi right now because I love giving Tubi free advertisement. It's Jeff Bridges in Fearless by Peter Weir. I love Great film. Fearless. Great film. In you fact, want to cry? If you have too much so... cry built up, watch Fearless. You I know what's it. interesting is that um, I told you about the, um, you know, closing the chapter, like getting just kind of closure. Mm-hmm. The person I did it with uh, involved, we were traveling and we were in San Francisco and her friend, that was his first movie. It's Benicio because they oh, grew nice. up in Puerto Rico together. That's so. Nice. She's like, oh, we got to go see this movie because Benicio's in this new movie. And I went in the theater to see it in Uh the early 90s. But it was – and the strawberry issue. um, I love that film. Yeah, it's a great – Great, great film. No one's heard of it. I've never met anybody who's seen it except you, Eric. Like that movie Uh, is fantastic. Yeah. yeah, Jeff Bridges, uh, uh, Isabel – what's her name? Uh, Isabel Rossellini. Rossellini. Um, uh, Not Peter Riegert, rather um, Tom Hulse. Uh, and uh, and Jeff, it's one of Jeff Bridges' best performance. And if you like Peter Weir films, which everyone should, that's that's the hidden beauty right there. In any case, and um, a young Benicio del Toro. Yeah, yeah, a fearless, great film. Um, any case, so to close in on the end of the movie. Well, hold on, we still have one. More. Oh, we have one, one more sorry. apostle. Oh, one, yeah, one more apostle. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, the, yeah. one more apostle is a very sickly child. Ricky yes, Chan. that's right. Yeah. And what was his name? I don't remember his name, but he's very he about He had like like 53 days left to live, something like that. This, this is my favorite story in the movie, by the way. Yes. I, and, uh, Me too, a little bit. I love the gorilla, but this is a good one. This is a very sweet, simple story. Right. And it, it, because like, also the child is about the same age as Aya. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I feel like I, I really wish they had introduced this story earlier. Yeah, it, it does feel a little last minute, but... Uh, at the, at the maybe like the last half hour of the movie, mm-hmm. that character is the character. Oh, with the that character, yeah, yes. and it really becomes and becomes integral in a way that that should be happening for the film for with everybody. But like, uh, and so like, it's a uh, um, starts a, as a uh, a young boy who is uh, transitioning to being a young girl. No, 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 it's basically, it's, it's a, he has only so many days to live. He's very sickly. He's always, always has problems, health problems. And then the find out he's only got 53 days. His parents like, well, what do you want to do anything? 53 days. Do you want to go on a trip? Do you want to like anything you want? And goes, 
is it possible for me to be a girl? Right. Exactly. And that's it. That's yeah, all he but, said. But that's but this but that's the well, like no. that, Go ahead. He is, there, there there was he was correct about the transitioning. I think that the um the desire to be a girl was always in there. He just right. or, got, uh, I got 53 days left. I got to fucking he, get this. Yeah, it, he, exactly. <laughs> it, it's everyone wanted to get that last they didn't want to leave anything unresolved. Right. And I like think that, yeah. knowing I think that that character knowing when their death was going to be I was like, all right. Right. Like this I is the, this is the beautiful. And let's right. make them, let's make them not my This is the beautiful thoughts. bit of let's it be for me. It's like, it's like that, uh, uh, like it, in the beginning, he, like he hears about it and he instantly understands that there is something that I need to confront and I'm going to confront it. And then I do. And then I'm happy. Like, I'm just like, that's, that is the sort of iconic baseline story that should be happening here. Like that's the thing, like where it's just like, this is something that anybody else in the movie might have all sorts of trouble with or whatever it is, or people have opinions about or whatever it is, but he's just like, this is what I'd like. And so I'm going to do this. I got this much time left and it's important to me. So here we are. And, and uh, I'm like, it's the, such a grab for, it's such a, it's such a, way that they manipulate their situation as to they hold all the power because yeah. screw it. They're, they're only going to live for like yeah. less than two months. Right. And I think that that is the, like, that is the, like, there's a core, uh, element of truth to that story that is, is so missing from all the other stories that as soon as the story showed up, I was like, ah, Okay. Like this is this is actually the movie, and then they don't spend enough time on it. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm just like, oh man, okay, that's fine, whatever, you know. But I was I was I was very I was thankful for that story. I think that that's the most sort of like s- simple and compelling one, and it's the first time in the movie where I really cared about uh, Ia. Like uh, where I was like, I connect. Finally, I'm connecting with uh, our main character. Yeah, and know? it was really because she made that connection with someone. Her right. age, right? Like it, it makes her see. I don't even know if she's human. I mean, she's the daughter of God, but it makes her seem more human and more grounded yes. that yes. she has Very these connections. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah, beautifully said, right? And it's like the because the the issue, like the overarching she's issue. She's never had any friends though of her age. Well, at yeah. All. Well, and also right. like the the issue I have with the movie overall, and the thing that it doesn't resolve for me is that where the movie is is hamstrung is that uh this is a story about i mean she's the main character this is a story about someone being correct and there is no more boring a story than that like yeah con- what congratulations it's, you're right it's, it's <laughs> that happens right. all the time have you seen every marvel film yeah, but that's, that's why i don't like marvel films <laughs> <laughs> Like there's there's like a, a like simplest version of any story in the world comes down to this: a character uh, has a choice to make. Do they have the courage? Yes, no. There's your story, right? But this character, our central character, uh, is right at the beginning of the movie. Suffers no challenge about her innate correctness. And then is proven right at the end of the movie. And I'm like, she's an asshole. <laughs> like, she's exactly like her father. 
Like she didn't realize anything. She just went down and made everything her way, just the way he did. And because there was no real growth, there's zero growth. There's no self. Yeah. There's no realization for her. Like she should have met the trans. Even girl. the mother. Even the mother had more growth than yes. she did. Exactly. And so, like, this is where I, I think that, uh, Eric, your summation of the film at the beginning of the conversation was exactly accurate. Like, this filmmaker is really mad and doesn't know where to put it and doesn't know how to look at himself through his art so he can come to a realization, which is what uh, Jeanette does in Amelie. Like, Amelie has a problem herself. She has a problem. And she's trying to solve it through everybody else. And only when she finally solves it in herself is everything really resolved for herself and everyone. Yeah. You know, and, uh, whereas Ia is like, I mean, I feel, I feel for her because like she's beaten by her crazy fucking awful dad. And so that buys me some time, but at some point, uh, the movie, uh, the movie should like she, of all the people that she meets, it, these stories should challenge her and what her assumptions are and what her responsibility to the world and herself are so that she goes in with one idea, but comes out with another idea. And instead she's just like, I'm right. Fuck you. And in the end it's like fucking flowers in the sky, bitches. And I was like, oh, I don't like that pattern that much though. Now I have to fucking live under that dome. Yeah. yeah. You were saying basically, you know, to pour out everybody it's like has to have that struggle yeah yeah and like that's character. that's how i'm going to connect and like and and so this this last story like she has the ability to connect with her and it almost happens and then they're like well anyway <laughs> it's like they kind of yada yada the yeah end i'm just like you much, had yeah. the key like you almost almost opened the door you know and it made me think of like the greatest one uh, uh have you seen lily uh about time Oh. oh, oh, Lily! It's it's a, one of the it best films. One of it's it's the best time travel story ever made, uh, and it is it's very charming, very sweet, and it's so like I don't want to give away the ending, but this that movie does what this movie needs to do. Yes, it, you're right, and because the end of that, like I I want to tell you anything about about time. Except that I had to watch it for a project I was on. The leader of the project was like, you have to see this movie before we talk tomorrow. I was like, yeah, yeah dude, absolutely. And I totally forgot the, about the it. The cover of it just looks like it the looks cheesiest like, rom-com looks like ever. The worst Netflix. It's not rom-com. Oh, no, it's just like, it looks awful. It looks like it's going to be an awful movie. And I was like, this dude, I'll totally watch it for Reed tomorrow's. One? Say again? Which one is this? This about is the one with uh, uh, Brendan Gleeson, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, not Brendan Gleeson. Uh, Donald Gleeson. And what's her name? The actor I don't respond to very much um but in any case i had to see this and i was like oh oh, rachel mcadam and i was like i don't want to watch a straight to netflix rachel mcadam love rom-com like this is a nightmare and so i put it off and then i forgot about it and then at two in the morning i was like oh shit i have to watch that movie for tomorrow's meeting and so i I said to Anne, i'm like uh listen i gotta step and watch this movie i know it's like 2 a.m and she's like i'll watch it with you and so we watched it at 4 a.m i was uncontrollably sobbing uncontrollably <laughs> like Such i couldn't movie. believe my eyes we introduced it we told we told my uh my father-in-law about it 
And he's like, and he texted us. He's like, I just watched this movie. Why have I never heard of this movie? It's amazing. That is like, the yeah, great really secret good. movie ever made. <laughs> and so, like, if you get I'll a chance, see that. I'll see that movie over and over again. Oh, I dude. Love that and Lily, if you get a chance, this, please let us know what you think of it because I, I would love to know what you think of this movie. It is so beautifully done, and it's so sweet, so charming. And the ultimate point—you'll see exactly what I mean. The ultimate point of that movie is exactly where this movie should be. Right. Right. It makes sense. And and about time has almost zero special effects like it doesn't do anything it spends no money to try to convince you in fact well, it, the budget the of by direction. the way the brand new test and the budget was 8.7 million dollars they did a good job for it but i mean that looks great for 8.7 that's insane yeah that's really nicely done um only made 15 like, million in the box office <laughs> right like, to give you an idea in about time no. it's a time travel movie in which the time travel mechanism is go in the closet close your eyes and like shake your fists and then you travel back in time <laughs> like that's it and i was gonna say it. like it's a time travel movie but there's no special effects that's how <laughs> it's insane it's insane it's really so yeah like th- this movie like i'm i'm very thank you for bringing this to us and i really <laughs> enjoy like i did i did uh i really enjoyed thinking about it i found it was a frustrating movie but i enjoyed thinking about it and there's loads of like brilliant stuff in it but it was genius of you to co- combo this with amelie because yeah, it it's was. like literally the perfect pairing like as a compare and contrast film nerd radio hour, this is like that was one hundred percent on the mark. I couldn't I couldn't have asked for a better combo. Yes. I just think it was funny when I brought it to y'all. Eric's first reaction was yes, thank you. <laughs> that is absolutely, absolutely <laughs> correct. Absolutely correct. And hello, reason to watch Amelie again. No, nothing wrong with that. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Nothing wrong with that. But yes. And uh, by the way, if you do want to see this movie, nonetheless, and sort of get an understanding of it, uh, it it is got some interesting moments. Mm-hmm. The ending is frustrating, uh, as as we've mentioned before. There's like also it, like only only re- one real confrontation between Ia and God right. while they're in the mortal realm, and that's right. when he chases her off the dock and she walks on water. Right. right. That's the only real confrontation that they have, which. Yes. Well, he he gets into a fight with a priest because he keeps telling the priest about everything that's going on, about him being God. I'm God. Remember when you got pneumonia? That was me. That was me. (laughs) Right. Like and again, that 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 actor and also the guy playing the priest. Like that's a good combo. They're great. They're really funny together. But he basically makes the priest realize that what an asshole God is. Yes, exactly. which is the point of the which movie. is the point of the movie. Right. And so like like the and but then as, he ends up getting deported and go to Uzbekistan to build washing machines, which is of course and like every single uh, one he like peeks in and yeah, is the hole in that one? Can I go back <laughs> on? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, and like that, that's like so all the, all those gags work great and uh, and like there's there's loads of stuff to see in this movie. It's it's definitely a movie to to check out it's really interesting and i would i bet whatever this filmmaker does will be equally the the conclusion is essentially that the goddess does the classic unplugs the computer to vacuum and then (laughs) plugs it back in and then resets everything (laughs) she gets into the computer and then she basically stops all the death and she stops and she makes the flower and she makes the the sky made of flowers humans can walk underwater and have pet fish and gravity is flexible which is all very funny and very charming in regards to her like because like she gets she gets no power in the movie until the end and i'm just like 
That is kind of hilarious. She has the slow, like, when there's no one in the house, she can finally turn off the TV. Yes. And it's finally yeah. peaceful. That's And a good she story. can finally vacuum without anyone yelling at her. And I really loved her growth. Yes. Yeah. They, the they, com- they complete very... her story. Great. I love that character actor. Well, she, she wipes, she does the same thing. When she's wiping the statue of Jesus and cleaning him, Just it's like the that. same as when she's doing it with her husband in Amelie. It's and like Amelie almost the exact same thing. thing. Yeah, it's funny. Like exactly. preserving. What yeah, what exactly. what little left she has of them? It's right. a sense of control, and like it's yeah. a whole thing where at the beginning she always like it's like a a regular like rectangle rectangular table with a chair on each side, and she always has one plate set for Jesus, even though he's dead. Right, right, right. Yeah, don't leave the fourth plate out. He's not going back. Yeah. The, the other funny thing is when he's <laughs> he opens. This is the. the God has no power, right? Mm-hmm. He opens the fridge and the fridge is empty and he just looks at his wife pissed off and she takes the fridge, closes the door, opens the door and is filled with beer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she has the power to create all She the has the, the power yeah, to exactly. make the miracles. He yeah. doesn't. Yeah. No, it's like, uh, that's, these are all, yeah, like the, the movie is totally, so like as much as I may have been uh, spending my time critiquing it, like there's an loads of good message. stuff. Definitely There's an ultimate – clearly this person has problem with religion, right? He yeah. has problem with yeah. the uh, concept of God and he's just going to tackle that in some very absurd way. He right. did, yep. right? Yep. Uh, but there was – you're right. There is no necessarily like growth. There is certain areas that need to be – Yeah, it's it's difficult to – I mean it's a challenging kind of thing to do and like I'm definitely – like any artist taking on something that causes – clearly causes them that much pain, you know, and makes them that mad. Like that's – it is responsible to take it on. And, uh, and it, I think that the, the, the only thing I would wish is that this guy try this again in a few years and see if he has a different, uh, like a, a, a slightly, uh, more dimensional view. Yeah. Because if, if there were, if there were a more dimensional view, then I would believe in the truth of what he is saying about good stuff, uh, as well. Because you can't just have like, there's bad people, and if we just get rid of the bad people, then the world will be fine. Like, uh, that's not that's not how reality works. <laughs> and uh, and I think that in in another few years, you know, as he ages, he will probably come to a different conclusion than he did for this film. Yeah. Also, the other thing is, every time God was showing up, they had this sad trombone goofy music like is <laughs> that the price is right losing song right there that you just said? yeah <laughs> they had such iconic music for all the characters that was totally that i music really from, enjoyed uh, yeah that's fine. camera which one? Yeah. Oh, candid camera candid yeah. camera Bah, 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 bah. But seeing God get beat up by all these random people is really hilarious. As well, that's pretty. God good. had such good slapstick comedy yeah. throughout the entire movie. Yeah. I also, I generally really enjoy seeing characters get their own type of music. Oh yeah. Uh, like for example, this is a weird example, but in a cartoon, no. <laughs> Very in much cartoon, in Star Wars, but yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry, yes, in Star Wars, that was not what I was talking about. In a cartoon I used to watch called Steven Universe, they always had each Steven character. It's the best, rocks, and I rocks. will talk about it forever. Yeah, separate <laughs> podcasts. Yeah, it's it's rock. Dan and Lily's <laughs> Steven Universe. I like Steven Universe. <laughs> it's such a good. It, it's a, 
off topic, but it's it's a good cartoon that top that tackles so many real issues in the world. Yeah, and it way tackles ahead them of in time. a way that can introduce children to mm-hmm. how to deal with those issues, and yeah. I absolutely love it. But TikTok. that's what I was talking about. They do this thing where each character has their own type of music. Like mm-hmm. one of them is synth, one of them is bass, one of them is uh, piano, and then they do these fusions where that's their music coming together. Yes. And when yes. the fusion goes poorly, their music doesn't match up it's properly. It's discordant, exactly. And I love that type of dynamic, and it really shows... Well, it I didn't was, show it in I the same way that ask, Universe does. I was, going to, I was going to ask Chet, uh, there's a name for this, and Jason jumped right to it. It's uh, Liet Motif. And so like, that's when you yeah. have... Each character has a particular voice of music, and then they come together into a single song. Yeah, it's a very powerful, very powerful tool. Very powerful tool. And like, yeah. And I, anything that supports da, Steven da, Universe, da, da, Martini da, Giant has been lacking da, da, Steven Universe it content. Lacks Steven Universe. <laughs> yeah, yep, it does. So. I think you should have a podcast where it's just season one of Steven Universe. I think that's a good, I think that's a fair point. <laughs> I like that very much. <clears throat> uh, it was also pretty funny in uh, Family Man where he asked a genie, what he wants, he goes. I want my own theme song. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> See, there's another Nicolas Cage movie that is lovable, right? There we go. Which one? Family Man. Isn't that Family Family Man? No, I was talking about Family Guy. Oh, yeah. Family Guy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. yes, please. Yeah. Okay. Family Man. Oh, yeah. That, what's that? That one's a, Oh, the movie yes. that should be bad but is good. <laughs> Directed by a horrible, horrible person by Brett Ratner. Or no by less. Brett Ratner. But I yes. love that movie. The, uh, the poster child of um, of Me the, Too directors. <laughs> the worst. Yeah. The worst. But what a movie! What, what a, a movie. movie! Bizarre, but true. Evil yeah. people can make good things. Just don't pay attention to them. <laughs> separate, separate the art from the artist. Very much so in this case. Like, I have oh, to do that a lot, that a lot with with music. It's the way it is, man. It's the way it is. And uh, I, yeah, I've met. We've gone down this road many, many times. But I'm trying to refine part my, of tar. <laughs> this, this is exactly it. So, like the like the way that the way that I like to phrase it as fast as I possibly can is art and the art. If you feel something from watching or experiencing a piece of art, that feeling came from you. It's yours, and you own it. Nobody, especially not some prick who made it, can take it from you. Like, don't let them. The whoever they are, whatever they've done, they have nothing to do with the fact that you fell in love with a part of yourself. Hold that. You know, that, throw them out. Doesn't matter. The artist that makes no difference. To keep the love that you found. That's that. Yep. Okay. That was Lily. Good, how guys. was that? Did you have fun? Yeah. Dude, so good to see you. That was great. Yeah, it was nice. That was awesome to have you. Referenced a lot of movies I didn't get, but you know what? I could piece it together. No, Dude, you brought it like, hey man, really well. You, you brought, brought us some years Great, 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 great insight. Now, now we have a new thing to talk about. And these, these really like this is one of the best combos uh, in uh, in a while. We've had a good run of shows, but this has been this is really, really exciting. Yeah, last time we got lazy, we just said Clint Eastwood. <laughs> yeah, Clint. You know who I like? That guy that everybody likes. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, this is great. Absolutely awesome. You're welcome on the show anytime. And that was amazing. That was cool. That was good. All right. Well, thank you guys. You guys ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. Great. All right. Oh, who gets, uh, Lily, take the last one. Okay. So you get the last drink, okay? Okay. All right. So, drink. Talk. Drink. Drink.